This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Tuesday. Just pretend it is 8 p.m. Eastern Time right now. Last 14 minutes never happened. Those of you that are listening to the podcast right now are going, What the fuck? What 14 minutes? What did we miss? That's for me to know and you to find out. <laughs> as I'm sitting here, as I'm, yes, Warlord knows the truth. Warlord knows all. He uses the eye of raw over there. As I was coming on, I just, I, you know, there's, there's headlines going across over here on the screen. And I saw Henry Kissinger and I'm like, fucking finally, fucking finally. But Henry Kissinger hadn't died. No, he had advice for the Biden administration. The bang, bang, Pornhub session. What are you talking about, warlord? You're over here living in sexual anarchy. That's what's going on. I had a I had an awesome meme I wanted to share. That is not the meme that I had up is not the meme that I had picked out for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Rest assured. Go over here to my meme lord page. Grab one of my memes. Yes, there we go. That is the meme that I want for tonight for the the meme of the day. How is everyone? I'm so glad. I'm so glad to see you all here tonight. Warms the cockles of my heart. Hearts. The cockles of my heart. I don't even know what a cockle in your heart is. Is that a ventricle? What is a cockle? I don't even know what a fucking cockle is. How do you even spell cockle? It's a it's a mollusk with a strong ribbed shell. Small shallow boat. Is that what it means to be the, in the cockles of your heart down the, the small, shallow end of it? I got a cockle for you. talked about those things no but i do have i do have stories dealing with climate change apparently the biden administration is putting declaring a climate emergency on hold this despite the fact that there was an explosion today at the hoover dam a transformer exploded ah working great minds think alike heat waves getting intensifying intensifying here in the U.S. and in the U.K., Warlord not uh, not immune from the sweltering heat. Over a thousand people have died in the EU. 
London indeed burning down. We're going to talk about the fires. God, what was it? What was the story I had? I don't even have my notes up right now. Uh, we're going to hear from the Royal Firefighter uh, Fucky Boy Association or something. I don't fucking... I don't know what your agencies over there in Britain are called. The London Fire Brigade. That's who we're going to hear from. The London Fire Brigade. I knew, it's, I knew it sounded like a fancy lad type of term. The London Fire Brigade. For those of you listening to the audio version, we're looking at a meme. It has pictures of the Twin Towers. Pepe has a smile on his face and a youthful exuberance. Proclaims, oh my god, it's already 2000. I can't wait to grow up in a century of economic prosperity and peace. Doubt. Doubt. I am not high enough for this shit. Also, tell me what you guys think. Um, in an effort to expand my reach, I'm just using a generic thumbnail uh, for the live show. Uh, I've been actually putting the topics we're going to talk about on the show in the description in hopes of getting more, more clicks in the YouTube. And I've been using a custom thumbnail with you know all the people we're going to be covering on tonight's show. So far, I've seen no change in the numbers whatsoever, but I'm going to give it a few weeks and like, you know, actually check it out and see how it does. Because one of the things I noticed was there's actually people that go back and watch the live stream after it's aired. Cool. I'm down with that. I want to make the experience better for you. And if, if, if there are people that would like to watch the live stream and... This helps them find it. Totally down with that. And also, you know, it's it's my own little brand of humor over here. Yes, we're going to be talking about Confederate flags tonight. There was a school in West Virginia. One of the students decided to try to fight racism. The student body responded by showing up with uh, Confederate flags hanging off their vehicles. The dude that has the troll hair on that is a Republican representative who claims that mass shootings are caused by women's rights. January 6th committee chairman Benny Thompson announcing that he is positive for COVID. Ilan Omar, AOC, among two of the representatives. There were like 16 or 17 U.S. representatives arrested today at a protest out in front of the Capitol. I keep forgetting this dude's name. This is the dude that shot the Indiana mall shooter. And of course, you guys see Charlie Kirk and Tim Pool back there. You know what? I don't even think Charlie Kirk made the final cut. Like, I think I had two or three different Charlie Kirk videos that I thought about playing, and 
Charlie Kirk didn't even make the final cut. You live in sexual anarchy. Did I Photoshop his face, or is that the way his face normally is? No one will ever know. We're going to talk about the Greenwood Mall shooting. We're going to talk about the Parkland shooting. Day two of the sentencing. The Parkland shooter. Uh, The House passed a bill protecting marriage equality. Jim Jordan... Who did not protect? By the way, I think I've claimed multiple times that it was a coach at Ohio State University. I was actually wrong on that. It wasn't a coach that was that was uh, diddling the the athletes, the student athletes. It was one of their team doctors. I don't know which is worse. I mean, both are equally egregious. We're going to talk about Nancy Pelosi's husband's uh, stock purchase of computer chip manufacturer stock. For once, maybe Fox News has a point about something, but, you know, coming to the right conclusion for all the wrong reasons. A UPS driver collapsed. Collapsed after he heard that Joe Biden would not be declaring... A national emergency because of climate change. That's not the reason he collapsed. He collapsed because of the national emergency that is climate change. Good fucking God! Wildfires in Spain. Fucking warlord. Send that to me when we get to the the fires, my friend. You know, you know, we have a, a a way we do things around here. We got an order to things. This show has order. Climate change is so twenty twenty one. Does he still have a girlfriend? I don't even know. I don't even know. I just like f- fucking for the love of God, please let me get just a just a fraction of the followers that Tim Pool has. The dude puts no effort whatsoever into what he's doing. He just sits in front of his computer and reads the news. I'd do that and put effort into it. Please, please. I just I just want to afford a nice apartment. I don't I don't want a multi-million dollar compound. What else are we talking about tonight? We have several cop shootings to talk about. Ooh, ooh, here's one. A Russian man who was apparently pulled over for drunk driving doused a cop in gasoline and set him on fire. And I think we have video of it. (laughs) Oh, a uh, Texas board has admitted that they fired a black principal for his activism. The cop shooting in California is under investigation. We have security camera video to look at. Oh, this is where Joe Rogan says that uh, uh, you should shoot 
homeless people in L.A. apparently. Now, a lot of people said it was taken out of context. We'll actually listen to the clip and give it a chance. Also, we're going to visit with Tim Pool, who says that Joe Rogan called Trump a man baby, which might be the most accurate thing Joe Rogan has ever said. Have an update on the story that we did yesterday about a a cop whose gun shot him. I'm still not convinced. The, the police have released a statement. The cop's gun went off and shot the cop. There is some speculation about whether the suspect that the cop was interrogating or detaining was the one that actually shot the cop. Secret Service says they have no new text to provide to the January 6th committee. Uh, We're going to talk about a Trump-backed candidate. I believe it's in Arizona. Where the candidate's best man at his wedding really doesn't like the guy anymore. Really doesn't like the guy. Ooh, 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 there is a crisis of masculinity. There is a crisis of masculinity. According to Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson. Up yours, Sorry, woke hit the wrong one. God we'll damn it. see who cancels who. Finger slipped. Mandy, Cicero, what's going on? Trump 2023, that is exactly... You need to be go... Oh, wait a minute. I guess they'd realize if we told them Trump 2023. No, you need to tell them Trump 2025. So that then they don't realize the elections in 2024. Trump is sexy. You know, I tell you what would be sexy. If we get to the point, because Trump said he's not going to take a booster shot. Donnie Bear, thank you for being a freaking follower. Trump said he's not going to take a booster shot. So what would be incredibly sexy is if uh, we spend this fall on... Trump dies of COVID watch. That would be sexy. Not high enough for this shit. Especially because, like, we got to start off with, you know, fucking sad news. Fucking, it's just another day in mass shooting USA. Not that there's been a mass shooting today that I know of. You can pretty much count on it. (laughs) There probably was. It just didn't have the body count to penetrate the news yet again. I'm not so sure that the Indiana shooting wouldn't have been as big a deal as it is if it wasn't for the right wing amplifying it because it's a, if it's their good guy with a gun narrative. We're going to break that down here, too. I don't know what the statistics are, the statistics that are going to be cited in the story, but off the top of my head, I do believe it's about 
was going to say 17%, but I don't remember what that 17% represents. I don't know. We'll read the story. Oh, do you have lag? I apologize. I'm not I'm not sure why there's a lag, Mandy. It may just like it may have took me a while to respond to you just because I wasn't looking at the screen. Might have not actually been a lag. Cause like I, I I was I was looking at another screen when I was reading. But I'm very happy to see you, my dear. Alright, to Indiana, where the Greenwood Mall shooting took place a couple days ago. Some people might find uh, the footage disturbing because this is the security footage from inside the mall. Oh no, this is a cell phone video from inside the mall. No, no smoky yet. Not exactly sure what would cause somebody's phone to flash a green bar like that. And this is the this is the scene around the shooting. Right now is uh, that we have what appears to be one shooter. Uh, looks to be an adult male. Uh, we have not identified him yet. We do not have a motive yet. It appears that he had a rifle with several uh, uh, magazines of ammunition, um, entered the food court, and began shooting. Uh, we have five victims. Uh, four have, dis have been confirmed deceased, um, and two are at Eskenazi Hospital with uh, wounds, and we do not have an update on their condition at this time. We had a security camera video of the of the shooting. The first victim in the shooting was actually armed. So here we go to breaking down the whole good guy with a gun nonsense. The first victim was actually armed, but didn't get a chance to use their gun. From indie streaming news leader, this is breaking news from WRTV. 
Gun violence erupts across central Indiana tonight. You're looking live at Greenwood Park Mall, the scene of a deadly mass shooting just hours ago. Three people were killed. Plus, oh, this is a, this is an old video shit. This video from that night. One of the people shot to death by a gunman at Greenwood Park Mall in Greenwood, Indiana, on Sunday was carrying a handgun and never had the chance to pull it. Victor Gomez was walking in as the gunman was exiting a restroom near the food court when the suspect, Jonathan Douglas uh, Saperman, shot him to death. Saperman comes out of a restroom, and the very first person that he sees walking into the restroom, he fires on. He shoots, then turns the gun to the food court and starts firing into the food court. Gomez was the first of five people who the suspect shot. Police later found that Gomez was carrying a handgun. Once again, I think that video was old and that only three people have died. This this report saying that three people died. Police later found that Gomez was carrying a handgun. Ison said Gomez had no chance to pull his gun and defend himself. He had no time. Saperman fired 24 rounds in about two minutes, Ison said. A bystander, Elijah Dickin, pulled a handgun and shot Saperman to death, police said. Dickin, who lives in Seymour, fired the first shot from a distance of about 40 to 50 yards. With a handgun, to be that accurate, he was an excellent shot, Ison said. He, Dickin, then advanced towards the suspect to make sure that he was no longer a threat. As he was moving towards the suspect very tactically, he was monitoring for people to exit behind him. Dickin, 22, has no military or law enforcement training, Ison said. Dickin told investigators that his grandfather taught him how to shoot. This young man has his wits about him. He acted very calmly. Matter of fact, when I first uh, when I first saw it, my first question was, "Is that a police officer?" In the two minutes before, no, no, motherfucker, it's not a police officer. He acted far with with far more bravery than a police officer would. If it was a police officer, they would have regrouped outside and waited seventy minutes. While listening to children scream. Spare me. The two minutes before Saberman was stopped, officials said Saberman killed Gomez and husband and wife couple Pedro Pineda, Rosa Miriam Riviera de Pineda, all of whom live in Indianapolis, and a 12-year-old girl suffered a minor injury and another person was hospitalized. Fuck. The, the cop said, I'm 100% certain that many more people would have died last night if it wasn't for his heroism. Because, good lord, you can't count on the goddamn cops to do anything. But you also can't count on a good guy with a gun. It is a myth, even though this is an example of it. Shooting in an Indiana mall Sunday that left three innocent people dead and two more injured... Could have been far worse if not for the actions of an armed civilian. Police are calling 22-year-old Elijah Dickin a hero after they say he shot and killed the suspected uh, 20-year-old gunman with a firearm he was legally carrying. Now, I do want to point out that it was uh, against the rules of the mall. They're not going to take any action against him. How common is it for civilians to stop active threats? Data from the Advanced Law Enforcement Rapid Response Training Alert Center at Texas State University suggested bystanders stop active attacks about 16% of the time. Sooner Nation 33.
Thank you for being a freaking follower. Yes, we are going to cover AOC, Ilhan Omar, among the uh, 16 or 17 Congress people who were arrested earlier today at a protest in front of the Capitol. So I said 17% earlier because I was like, whoa, <laughs> it was 16%. 16% of the time, bystanders stop active attacks. Although typically without using a gun. So 16% of the time, and typically that doesn't involve using a gun. We've seen many a video of a hero wrestle guns out of attackers' hands. But here's the thing. is A lot of times uh, when someone does stop an attack with a gun, law enforcement shows up. Law enforcement sucks so bad, they shoot the hero. I have, I have been doing the troll patrol for about a year and a half now, and I have done that story far too many times. From, 20, or from 2000 to 2021, alert researchers studied 464 attacks, 434 shootings, 23 knife attacks, and 7 vehicle attacks, and found civilians, including security guards and off-duty police officers, stopped attackers before police arrived on 73 occasions. In the vast majority of those cases, 67% bystanders subdued the assailant using physical force. Armed civilians stopped attacks using a gun in 24 of these 464 attacks recorded about 5% of all events. Of those 24, only half were civilians. The rest were security guards and off-duty police officers. Helps to be a white male indeed, Dustin. Also, welcome. If I haven't, if I haven't said hey to you tonight, Dustin, sassy. Love you guys. So I just wanted to point that out. Not not to not to take away from the heroism shown by Elijah Dickin. Go from heroism to the opposite of heroism, whatever this fucking cowardice is. Content warning, this could be emotional. Day two of the sentencing phase for the, the Parkland shooting. Sentencing trial for the gunman who admitted. I just said that, ma'am. Florida. The trial. No, I'm playing. Whether he will spend his life in prison or receive the death penalty. Nicholas Cruz pleaded guilty in October to 34 counts of murder and attempted murder. The case could last about four months, but it has already produced emotional testimony from former students and teachers. Four months? How in the world is a sentencing trial? Is it a sen- sentencing trial, that's the terminology they're using. How is that going to take four months? I've known murder trials just take a few days. Teachers reliving the massacre. Everything was just happening very quick in my classroom. A student made sure the door was shut. 
we shut the lights off, my students went into corners. I had some with me behind my desk. Almost instantly, I called 911, just out of instinct. Um, they couldn't hear Fair enough, the Dustin. sound of the gunshots. It was so incredibly loud. Let's bring in David Weinstein. He is a partner at... Jo- and I will, I, that is a very good point about victim impact statements. And there were a lot of there were a lot of people affected by this, so there was I'm sure there is a lot of witness testimony to hear. So fair enough. Jones Walker and has more than two decades of experience as a state and federal prosecutor. David, welcome. Thanks for joining us. So earlier today, one of the former students described encountering the gunman in the hallway before the shooting started. Let's listen to some of that. He was wearing a, uh, a maroon shirt with a JROTC shirt with a backpack and a hat on, black pants. He had a rifle in his hands. I walked, I was, I kept, I was stunned. That's one second. And he said to me, get out of here. Things are about to get bad. So, David, what is your assessment of the start of the trial here and how the prosecution is approaching its task? Fuck, it would suck to be that kid. Establishing to these jurors what the aggravating factors are that they have to consider in order to... Have to live with, like, you know, the guilt. Could you have done something? Could you have tackled him? The prosecutor, Michael Satz, laid out methodically what his presentation was going to be. Grill of Xanth! ...things got yesterday with the witnesses who testified who were present in the courtroom. Today's testimony was even more riveting, especially from the young man who we just heard from, who encountered someone who he described as a man in the stairwell with an AK-47. He was the first person to see Cruz before he started on his rampage. And although I wasn't in the courtroom, people have said you could see, I could see that, that Cicero. on the jurors and on the people in the gallery who are watching this case. And so yesterday, the defense requested a mistrial, David, after prosecutors played a graphic video of the shooting and a relative of one of the victims shouted out for it to stop. The judge ultimately denied the motion for a mistrial, but do you believe that request had merit, or is the defense essentially preparing a case for an appeal? I think they're preparing their case for an appeal. They're always doing that. That's why they have to object at certain points, and they have to do it when the incident occurs. The outburst was a small outburst. It was one that the judge had warned against having, and the judge herself said from where she was seated, She couldn't really hear what the person said or what the effect was on the jurors. And she made the right ruling at their point not to declare a mistrial. But we're going to see motions like this throughout the trial. They moved again today when a certain evidentiary piece was placed in that depicted the shooting that was going on. It was surveillance video. And so they will pepper their case through the state's case with these objections. Well, as you know, David, the vote for the death penalty must be unanimous. We still have a long way to go. But based on your own experience as a prosecutor, how difficult will it be to convince the entire jury? Now, we went over this last night, but I'm interested in what the chat thinks. Are, are you guys for the death penalty? I personally am against the death penalty. I could be morally for it in cases like this. Or, you know, it is cut and dry. This motherfucker did it.
But just in, in all practical usage, I'm against the death penalty because we execute far too many innocent people. But in, in this specific instance, what is the outcome that you are, are, are looking for? What, what is justice? That, in fact, in this case, the death penalty is warranted. I mean, I don't mean to sound callous in my answer about this, but you have 17 victims who were shot and killed by this defendant. That means that there are 17 times that the jurors are going to have to decide do the aggravating factors outweigh the mitigating circumstances? Lump. Based simply on what we've seen. Absolutely. It seems like I agree. I So that's the thing. That's the thing. I agree with abolish the death penalty. But in this specific case, what is the outcome that you want to see? It is, it is absolutely cut and dry that this young man did it. So now the question is, do we keep him incarcerated the rest of his natural life? Or do you, and like, fuck it, even if the death penalty is decided upon, the appeals are going to take, it's going to be 20 years, 25 years before it's administered. Is that justice? And I genuinely don't know. I don't think these are these are these are tough questions to answer. And anyone that that snaps to an answer, I think, is being really disingenuous and doing a disservice to the cause of a just society. taken care of and they're going to be able to establish that it's a very difficult decision for a juror to make but given what they've presented so far and the fact that there are 17 opportunities for them to vote in favor of the death penalty i think that in all likelihood there will be at least one or more verdicts from this jury that support the imposition of the death penalty it's just a, a heartbreaking, it really, uh, is. really just gut-wrenching situation. David Weinstein, thanks so much for sharing your insight with us. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. So it has to be unanimous. So it all comes down to, is there is there a person that has a, a moral objection to the death penalty on the jury? I, I wouldn't doubt that uh, at all, Krill. And we've already and we've already seen him act up. For those of you who may not remember, we actually got some uh, jail footage of this little shithead. Uh, he attacked a guard. The guard was just like hanging out. He he's like uh, he was a useless looking <laughs> uh, corrections officer. He was behind one of those little circular tables and he was kind of like leaned up against the bars of a stairwell. And Cruz just like fucking tried to spear him. And clearly Cruz is not, uh, he's not a tough guy. Nicholas Cruz, is that his name? Filmed attacking a sheriff's deputy inside jail. I think I misspelled his name. Yeah, here you go. 
Guys, I don't remember fucking anything. You've se- you've seen it here on this show. You guys have watched this for th- for the longest time. You've heard Sparkles talk about how like I'm I'm born out of a pod, but for some reason, I remember the news I cover to an extent. <laughs> I mean, I describe what was going on <laughs> perfectly. He looks like a little punk. Look at him. He gets taken down here. Use a punk, Cruz. Use a punk. So, you guys are probably right. He probably isn't going to last in Gen Pop. Also... While we are on the subject of school shootings, remember what I always say. Kids, shoot up drugs, not schools. Much better for everyone involved. You'll have a much better time. All the rest of us are going to have a much better time. A lot easier to correct those mistakes. And I'm working for a society where, you know, we might have actual treatment centers and access to health care, safe injection sites. We legalize drugs across the board and then we don't get fucking shit that's laced with fentanyl. Fuck! Can we, can we actually institute some smart policies here in this country? No. No, we can't. Because even when it comes to like, we can't solve, we can't solve the mass shooting crisis in our fucking country. Another fucking mass shooting every goddamn day. And one of the fucks we elected blames mass shootings on women having rights. According to Representative Billy Long, abortions, not guns, are the problem. And like, you know the old George Carlin bit? How people that are against abortion are people that look like somebody you wouldn't want to fuck anyway? I don't think anybody's inviting this dude to their coke-fueled orgies. But hey, maybe we can get uh, Madison Cawthorn on the line and he can tell us uh, for realsies. Speaking of which, I don't think I have the phone lines open. Hold on, guys. I don't want to turn the phone lines on. Somebody, somebody might want to call in. I've been doing a lot of trolling today. No missed calls. In a sane country that actually valued human lives, last week's mass shooting in Texas or the one before that in Buffalo or thousands before that. In the, how, long, how old is this? Oh, this is, this is a older story. How'd this one go under my radar? Mississippi representative and Senate candidate Billy Long, or Missouri representative, I'm sorry, I mixed up my M states. Missouri representative 
Senate candidate Billy Long. What up, Sky Comet? Rolled up on uh, to Wednesday's interview with a local radio station. And excuse the phrase, though. I'm sorry, this is horribly written. Or maybe I'm too stoned for this. Do we have the. Okay, we. I, I think we have the. Uh, to my knowledge, none of those shootings were done with uh, any kind of uh, Armalite rifle or AK or anything like that. So uh, mm-hmm. it's a systemic problem. When I was growing up in Springfield, you had one or two murders a year. Now we have two, three, four a week in Springfield, Missouri. So something has happened to our society. And I, I go back to abortion when we decided it was okay to murder kids in their mother's wombs. Uh, life has no value to a lot of these folks. Yep, abortion. Abortion, that's the problem. That's the problem. You people living in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? Oh, sassy, boo. Keep at it. Do, uh, if you're not on ZipRecruiter, get on ZipRecruiter. I really like ZipRecruiter just because it's easy. It cuts out the bullshit. You ain't going to have to enter your information all the fucking time. And then I've always done really good on Craigslist, amazingly enough. But usually I'm going to a bigger city. This motherfucker blames mass shootings on abortion. That is like the whitest man thing you can say. Capitol Police arrested 17 members of Congress at abortion rights protest near Supreme Court. Happened earlier today. More than a dozen members of Congress were arrested outside the Supreme Court building. And in the wildest thing, the the right wing has claimed that AOC faked being handcuffed. And the video they shared around shows her with her hands behind her, but she's just holding her hands behind her back. And as she's walking, she even, like, sticks up her fist. And they're like, she pretended to, to be handcuffed. They are so desperate to make up something to be offended by. It, it, it just, it fucks with me. You mean Congress can't sit in the street? I thought this was America. So you saw that you saw the video just there of AOC being taken away. Capitol Police arrested demonstrators for blocking traffic on First Street after giving our standard three warnings, according to the statement. A total of 35 people were arrested for crowding, obstructing, or in, in accommodating 
That includes 17 members of Congress. Capitol Police did not provide the names of those arrested. When asked for comment, USCP referred USA Today to its original statement posted on Twitter. We encourage the press to reach out to a member's office for any comments about a member of Congress. Representative Catherine Clark, a Democrat of Massachusetts, assists, uh, assistant speaker of the House, posted a picture of her being escorted by Capitol Police away from the protest on her Twitter account. The extremist Republicans are determined to take us back in time and take away our rights. Clark wrote in the post, they can arrest me, but we won't allow them to arrest freedom. But you know these people are just woke moralists. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. We will see who cancels who. Maybe the Indiana Attorney General gets canceled. The doctor who performed an abortion on a 10-year-old is planning to sue Indiana's Attorney General as she should. Oh shit, I didn't fix it over here on on Jordy P. I'm sorry. Doctor who performed abortion on a 10-year-old is planning to sue Indiana's Attorney General, the Indiana doctor who ignited a national uproar after telling the story of an abortion she performed on a 10-year-old rape victim, is preparing to sue Indiana Attorney General Todd uh, Rokita. For defamation, the story of the 10-year-old who was raped in Ohio and forced to cross the... I should have hit the content warning on this, guys. I've... She's suing the AG. Where's her GoFundMe? Indeed. I don't know. She's a doctor. She probably has... A, and, and, like, it, with that kind of a case, she probably has a lawyer friend. Uh, a legal organization's going to represent her. Uh, Dr. Caitlin Bernard first told it to the Indianapolis Star. The story was cited by President Joe Biden in a speech on executive action following the Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade. Republicans, including Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost and Representative Jim Jordan, we'll, we'll talk about him later, as well as the Wall Street Journal editorial board and other conservative media outlets, immediately cast doubt on the story. But even after the arrest of a 27-year-old man in the sexual assault of the child validated the Bernard and the Star's reporting. Rokita said in an appearance on Fox News as a picture of Bernard was displayed beside him, which pissed me the fuck off. These people are beyond depraved. That he would launch an investigation into whether Bernard reported the rape, threatening her licensure. Rikita also claimed Bernard was an abortion activist acting as a doctor and had a history of failing to report child sex abuse, although that claim appears to be based solely on a series of 2018 consumer complaints, which are allegations filed by the anti-abortion group Indiana Right to Life. So they're bullshit. There is no history of disciplinary action ever being taken against Bernard, according to the Medical Licensing Board of Indiana Records. Furthermore, Bernard did report the rape of the 10-year-old within the mandatory time frame. Public records obtained by the Indianapolis Star showed. Bernard's lawyer, and none of these 
this woman, this doctor, shouldn't have to go through this bullshit? That 10-year-old shouldn't have to go through that bullshit? All of this is infuriating. And the fact that these right-wing ghouls have doubled down on it. Dude threatening legal action against the doctor. I hope she sues him out of fucking existence. Bernard's lawyer sent a tort claim notice to Rikita on Tuesday, which is a required precondition in Indiana for filing a lawsuit against the state. Rikita could have found Bernard's disciplinary record was clean with a simple check of the licensing board website. Mr. Rikita either knew the statements were false or acted with reckless disregard of the truth or falsity of the statements. Ricotta recklessly and or negligently failed to ascertain whether the statements about Dr. Bernard's licensure were true or false before making them. In a statement provided to Vice News, a spokesperson for Rikita, uh, a leader in the pro-life movement whose quote-unquote historic work has further distinguished Indiana as a protector of unborn life and women, their words, not mine. This is part of a divisive narrative and an attempt to distract from the important work of the office, including the duty to determine whether practitioners have violated the standards of practice. Once again, victim blaming violated the standards of practice in his or her profession as well as federal and state laws. The letter from Bernard's lawyer says Bernard intends to seek damages for security costs. Security costs because she's received threats, I'm sure. Legal fees, reputational harm, and emotional distress. Sue him for everything he's got. And the harm is ongoing. As the dollar amount has not been disclosed. Caitlin Bernard said on July 15th, thank you for the outpouring of courageous support. It has been a difficult week, but my colleagues and I will continue to provide health care ethically, lovingly, and bravely each and every day. Thank you to the journalists who have worked tirelessly and diligently to inform the public about this important story and the truth. I hope to be able to share my story soon. I believe there has been a misconduct complaint filed against this very asshole. Indiana's AG uh, comments endangered abortion provider, the complaint says. The former dean of Indiana University, Moore School of Law, accused Attorney General Todd Rakita of legal misconduct. Good! Misconduct complaint alleges Indiana Attorney General Todd Rakita intended to harass and intimidate doctors to, who perform abortions when he publicly cast doubts about whether an Indianapolis OBGYN complied with state law after helping a 10-year-old rape victim terminate a pregnancy. The newly filed complaint against Indiana's top prosecutor is expected to trigger a probe by the state Supreme Court Disciplinary Commission after Rakita... A Republican claimed last week on Fox that physician Caitlin Bernard had a history of failing to report abortion in child abuse cases and rapidly launched an investigation into her licensure. I saw this story. 
Another one that needs a content warning. Woman forced to carry dead fetus for two weeks after miscarriage due to U.S. abortion ban. YouTuber from Texas has spoken out about her state's anti-abortion laws after she was forced to carry her dead fetus after miscarrying. Do we have the video? Did she? Did she, she gave an interview with CNN. Hear what she has to say. Marlena Stell and A.D. De Silva have always wanted a little brother or sister for their daughter, Adelina. Instead, what they got was a nightmare because of a Texas anti-abortion law. I get so angry that I was... You are correct, Lump. They're trying to make her a target, just like they did Dr. Tiller. For those of you who don't know, Bill O'Reilly constantly went on his show and bashed a doctor by the name of Tiller. He actually was like a deacon in his fucking church. That's where he was killed. That's where he was killed by supposed pro-life activists in his church. Treated this way because of laws that were passed that by men who have never been pregnant and never will be. Stell's nightmare. Have no idea what they're talking about. Have no idea how a woman's body functions. She became pregnant late last summer. We were super excited because we didn't think I could get pregnant. An ultrasound at seven and a half weeks showed all was well, but at an ultrasound two weeks later, she said, "There is no heartbeat. There is no viable pregnancy." Stell asked her doctor for a standard treatment, a surgery to remove the fetal remains. She says her doctor refused. That surgery, commonly known as a DNC, is the same procedure used to abort a living fetus. She said, well, because of the new law that's passed, um, you're going to have to get another ultrasound for me to be able to even do anything for you. Overwhelmed emotionally and physically. The pain would get so severe it would be hard to walk. She went to get a second invasive ultrasound at an imaging center, describing it later in a YouTube video. Someone shoves a wand in my sensitive area and tells me, hey, you lost your baby again. I shouldn't have to go through that twice. So you had to hear it twice that you lost a baby. It's cut wrenching. Sorry. That's okay. Because you already know what you're going to see. Seeing it twice, being told that you're not going to be a mom. Even after that second ultrasound, Mm -hmm. would your obstetrician give you the surgical procedure? No. No. Stell had to go get yet another ultrasound showing her dead fetus. So you were walking around carrying a dead fetus. And just emotionally carrying it around and just knowing that there's nothing you could do, it just feels very... It's like I can't grieve or move past it because I'm just walking around carrying it. Dr. Lillian Shapiro has been an OBGYN in Atlanta for more than 30 years. When a woman is walking around with a dead fetus for weeks because she can't get a surgical procedure, what's the danger to her? She can develop an infection that can make her sterile and never able to have children again. Or even worse, when the baby dies inside, the baby starts to release parts of its tissue that can get into the mother's 
blood supply, it can cause organ failure. It can cause death. In Texas and some other states, a doctor who does the right thing and serves these fucking fucks are going to get so many women killed for a, a number, a number of different reasons. The pro-life party is going to get women killed for a whole host of different reasons, from back alley abortions to forcing women that miscarriage to, to carry the remains longer. My God. I hate it here. I hate it here. I don't I don't understand I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. I mean like I can't I can explain it to you. I can explain, you know, the generational numbers are just a shit ton of baby boomers compared to us. They've they've hung on to power, they've Rigged the the economy for themselves has been a a weird cycle of elections where Republicans have had control during census years. They've been able to gerrymander to an insane extent. I can explain it, but just like God damn it, like we we, we got to do something. We got to like. There's a there's a sticker on the fridge out here at my new digs. It says stop your bitching and start a revolution and <laughs> fucking combat boots, motherfuckers. That's what we need. Surgically removes a dead fetus could be vulnerable to an expensive lawsuit. Any private citizen can walk in the court and say, I think Dr. Smith performed an abortion. And citizens are incentivized to bring such cases. They can win more than $10,000. And even when doctors can prove the fetus was dead, the doctor still has to be responsible for their own legal fees. They're going to lose even though they win. Um, and that's the chilling effect. They face this specter of yep, 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 yep. ruinous litigation that they just can't stop. They can't avoid. They can't preempt. And these pro-life groups are very litigious. How between my second and third children, I had a miscarriage that was handled very differently. They saw there was no heartbeat. They did a DNC. It allowed me to move on quickly and get pregnant again. And then I got pregnant again, too. Right. And that's great. And that is the story that we want to hear from people. Stell was not so lucky. She did finally manage to find a doctor to perform her DNC. This poor but it woman. Took two weeks. She worries the nightmare could happen to her again. Are you trying to get pregnant again? No. Why not? I'm worried about getting infected, have something happen to me, and then my daughter's left without her mom. Now they're contemplating moving away from Texas, away from their extended family, just so they can try to get pregnant again. I am so sorry you have to go through that. I am so sorry you have to go through If you look at that map, let's put it up again. We're not, we're not doing... We're not doing COVID right now. But we will, we will mention the fact that Benny Thompson tested positive. House passes bill protecting marriage equality. 
with 47 GOP members voting yes. Wow, I would not have expected that. Seen on the House floor. Yays are 267, and the nays are 157. The bill is passed. Without it won't pass the Senate. Without objection, a motion. Oh, were you not expect? Were you not expecting Republicans to? That's why I'm sure, Rod. I'm sure. No, there's not hope for over. I always fuck it up. Overfilled. The House passed a bill on Tuesday to protect marriage equality, a direct response to an opinion from Supreme Court Justice Puerto Clarence Thomas. For having some God damn it. The last month that called for reversing multiple decisions that enshrined LGBTQ rights, the legislation titled the Respect for Marriage Act passed in a 267 to 157 vote with 47 Republicans joining all Democrats in supporting the measure. Seven Republicans did not vote. The measure, which faces a shaky future in the 50-50 Senate, calls for the repeal of the Defense of Marriage Act, a bill former President Clinton signed into law in 1996 that recognized marriage only or recognized marriage as only a legal union between one man and one woman as husband and wife. The measure referred to the word spouse as a person of the opposite sex who is a husband or wife. DOMA had passed through both chambers of Congress with bipartisan support. If passed by the Senate and signed into law, the Respect for Marriage Act would also require that individuals be considered married if they were wed in a state where marriage was legal. The provision, according to the House Judiciary Committee, ensures that same-sex marriage and interracial couples are, tw- are treated equally to other married individuals at the federal level. Additionally, the bill gives the Attorney General author- authority to launch civil action against any individual who violates it and allows any individual to take civil action if their rights, uh, as laid out in the bill, are breached. Fuck you, Clinton, indeed. House passage of the bill comes less than one month after the Supreme Court issued a ruling overturning Roe v. Wade. Thomas penned a concurring opinion to the decision that called on the court to reconsider all substantive due process precedents established by the bench, including Lawrence v. Texas, the 2003 case that barred states from outlawing consensual gay sex, and Oberfeld v. Hodges, the 2015 ruling that made same-sex marriage a constitutional right. In the majority opinion, however, Justice Samuel Alito said that by striking down Roe, the bench was not calling for reversing other rulings. That doesn't mean somebody like Ted Cruz isn't going to say that because that was the video that was actually attached to this. Ted Cruz says Supreme Court was wrong to legalize gay marriage. I ignored two centuries of our nation's history. Here's the video. As do and now every state must uh, m- must sanction and, and permit gay marriage. Um, I think that decision was clearly wrong when it was decided. Um, it was the court overreaching. 
They're absolutely you know, going to come for it. Court said no. We know better than you guys do, and now every state must uh, m- must sanction and, and permit gay marriage. Um, I think that decision was clearly wrong when it was decided. Um, it was the court overreaching. No Zelensky. Bad Zelensky. We're not done with the Respect Marriage Act. Jim Jordan had this to say in opposition to the bill. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. Uh, I give myself as much time as I may consume, Mr. Speaker. Without a... Viable member, what's going on? <laughs> I uh, I uh, didn't want to say your name out loud. This is this is this is interesting. Uh, explain explain your screen name for me if you can. I would really appreciate that. Hey, Justin, are you trolling? Always, always be trolling, bitches. Always be trolling. Just came to a screeching halt. Viable member. (laughs) Uh, that That is a wild name, hey. Pop on over here. You just followed me. Thank you for being a freaking follower. An alert did not pop up, or maybe I didn't see it. Maybe I was too high. VCM. Hello, VCM. I like I like viable member. Viable member sounds kind of dirty. And uh, I live in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy. Doesn't want to doesn't want to be considered a woke moralist. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. We don't like those woke moralists around here. Though apparently that's what I am. Uh, just for for making fun of Jordan Peterson, that means you're a woke moralist. One of those wokeards. I would I would get mad at somebody like Jim Jordan for helping to cover up the. Uh, abuse of students at Ohio State University. But here is Jim Jordan. uh, uh, C-SPAN's words, apparently, not mine. I don't think C-SPAN posted this. Jim Jordan throws a tantrum about the Democrats' marriage equality bill. Objection. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. We thought the Democrats were obsessed with President Trump, but Justice Thomas is a close second. This bill is simply the latest installment of the Democrats' campaign to delegitimize and attempt to intimidate the United States Supreme Court. Started when President Trump nominated Brett Kavanaugh. That was just too much for the left to bear, and they launched a smear campaign in an attempt to derail his nomination. Then we saw Senator Schumer stand on the steps. Well, drunky McBoob grab. Remember a leader in the legislative branch stand on the steps of the Supreme Court, a separate and equal branch of government, and threaten Supreme Court justices. He said, quote, I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. 
You've released a whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these decisions. Just last month, a crazed individual attempted to assassinate Justice Kavanaugh in his home. An attempted assassination. Attempt Honey, I'm I'm sure I'm sure there are people. I am sure there are people that considered uh, taking me out today alone, just based on the trolling I did on the pages I was on. That's just the way. That's just the way you you right wing lunatics are. Of the United States Supreme Court, for months, Democrats on the Judiciary Committee have pursued this narrative that the Supreme Court is somehow illegitimate. Members of the committee, including the chairman. Have introduced it absolutely the is the court to add four associate justices pack to the highest. court pack the, the court pack the court be interpreted as an attempt to lay the groundwork for an effort to impeach justice thomas and today the democrats bring impeach thomas god like seriously seriously for the love of god Please, Democrats, behave the way that Republicans accuse you of behaving. Please. Please, Democrats, behave the way you are painted by Republicans. And we would, we would absolutely love you guys. We'd be like, based... Democrats are poggers. But no. Why are the Democrats... cakes Flash. Love you guys. We're debating this bill today because it is July of an election year and inflation is at a level not seen... Lump, did I tell you I love you? I love you, Lump. Highest inflation rate in 41 years. The price of gas... Price of food, the price of daily necessities have skyrocketed. We are debating this bill today because illegal immigration is at unprecedented levels. Last month, Customs and Border Patrol reported that we have already surpassed the prior year's total for encounters at our southern border. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even cover the uh, the person that was trying to. Uh, We're debating attack, this bill today uh, because to they can't talk about the fact that our country is gripped by an epidemic of violent crime in every major urban area in this country. Every day, Americans are being assaulted, robbed, and murdered in our cities. We are here because the Democrats have no answers and desperately hope that a manufactured crisis will help them in November. The Democrats want Americans to believe that the Supreme Court at any moment could step in and overturn its opinions in Obergefell and Loving. That's simply not Oh, have they officially started the caravan talk? I was just waiting. I was waiting for it. It really is like clockwork. Here's what the court said in the Dobbs decision. The Dobbs decision should not be misunderstood, mischaracterized, to cast doubt on precedents that do not concern abortion. End of quote. The court condemned the idea that the Dobbs decision would lead to an overturning of other cases, stating, quote, perhaps this is designed to stoke unfounded fear. And this dude is a ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. That shows you how low the bar is for entry. My God, ever, please, if you are out there, if you've ever considered running for office, you are more than qualified if Jim Jordan is holding an office, if Donald Trump is holding an office. If Matt Gates, if Ron Johnson, if Tommy Tuberville, any number of these chuckle fucks 
can hold office, you can too. We need to bring back the young, young the, 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 the Uncle Sam is like, we need you. We need you to run for all this motherfuckers. We need you to go. Seriously, if you've got some professional class friends, move to some fucking town and take it over. You a vet. You got a friend that's a doctor. You got another friend that's a lawyer. You guys go and just move to some bumfuck town in a red state and take it the fuck over. Move there. Open your practices. Run for city council is not going to be hard. Just take it over. And we can change this shit. I can't even do any more of Jim Jordan. Fuck Jim Jordan. It's amazing to me that any of them are even at work right now because I would think every single fucking one of them has COVID. January 6th committee chair Benny Thompson tests positive for COVID. This is just two days before the next uh, January 6th committee hearing. The positive test came days before the committee is scheduled to hold its next hearing. Here, uh, we got a hit. How might that impact Thursday's hearing? Good morning, guys. No shortage of twists and turns in this January 6th saga. Uh, that's right. Benny Thompson today announced that he tested positive for COVID uh, and that he will not be appearing in the primetime Thursday hearing. To be honest with you, it's probably a good thing. I, I, I think he's been Benny boring, to be honest with you. Nothing against the guy, but like, it's been the absolute, like, you about put me to sleep in the first 20 minutes of the hearing, and then it got incredibly juicy. You should have never fucking talked at all. You should not, you shouldn't have been on point. We're the wrong man for that job. Sorry, Benny Thompson. Uh, but he has directed the committee and the committee staff to proceed. Uh, the show will go on. Uh, and so the, the staff and... and uh, show must go on. ...this primetime hearing as we speak. Uh, we heard from uh, Pete Aguilar just a few seconds ago who talked to reporters about... Uh, what we can expect, we know already that this will focus on the 187 minutes uh, where President Trump failed to act on January 6th as the Capitol building I'm standing in right now was being ransacked by uh, many of his supporters. So uh, it's unclear if Benny Thompson will be able to participate uh, you know, in a remote fashion, if he will be able to call into the hearing. Uh, a lot of these questions remain un- unresolved at this particular moment. I'm sure he could if he wanted to, but, you know, it's just a matter of, like, can he operate the technology? Does he have the ability? I know Nancy Pelosi's husband has the ability to uh, to foresee the future when it comes to uh, stock market trades, apparently. And Fox News might actually have a point on this one. CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC ignored Pelosi's husband buying over $1 million of computer chip stock ahead of vote. Paul Pelosi, the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi's husband, made a stock purchase of over $1 million in a computer chip company just weeks before a potential vote in Congress, which would give a massive subsidy to the industry. But anyone who relied on CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, 
where NBC for information would have no idea. This is a Fox. This is a Fox report. Fox is one to talk about any fucking thing. Pelosi and her husband Paul are at the center of another controversy, and this time it doesn't involve. Well, this is Harris Faulkner. The speaker is being called out over her husband's stock trading. Mr. Pelosi made a stock purchase of more than one million dollars. The category is one to five million, so we don't know exactly how much. But anyway, it's a computer chip company, which you know is pretty valuable right now if you try to get a car. It happened right before a big congressional vote, one that's set for as early as tomorrow and could hand a massive subsidy to who? Chip manufacturers. And while there's no suggestion that Mr. Pelosi broke the law, some are questioning the timing of this massive stock trade. Guys, lucky. All this comes just weeks after Pelosi was arrested. No, no, they don't. Drunk driving in Napa County, California. Uh, Steve Hill. Well, uh, no suggestion. You brought it. Okay, fine. No, we won't suggest it. Um, <laughs> I just think, you know, first of all, this is so endemic in Washington. We were just talking about the swamp. the swamp. This is another manifestation of it, and it's not just the Democrats, and it's not just Pelosi. But they again, make they make products that would benefit. A long track record of this from upping production of chips. Going back years, she's been involved in these kinds of stories, and there's no evidence. We I agree. I agree with with, with like he outperforms the stock market. Market. And then the other part of it, it's clear that he's insider trading. She shouldn't be in office. Which is the committees, right? Most of the policy, the regulations that affect businesses who have an interest are done in these committees, the subcommittees on whatever it is, the chemical industry or whatever. And that, that is totally unscrutinized. And they go on these committees and they get donations from the companies that they regulate and they get information because they're, it's all so corrupt. And I don't know. I, I, mean, I agree. I agree. Let's get money out of yeah, politics. Because if, if someone is, is giving information and they're continuing to benefit off it, I mean, if you or I did that, if Martha Stewart did that, well, she yes. goes to prison. This is so not I'm not a little confused at why they get all the gifts. Yeah. I, I have very few notes written down on this topic, but the one that I do have is this is the definition. But why are we just focusing on Pelosi? And then there's this guy, his name's Craig Holman. He's a, a government affairs lobbyist for a left-wing think tank called Public Citizen. And he did an interview with The Daily Caller and said, it certainly raises a specter that Paul Pelosi could have access to some inside legislative information. Hmm. Here's the thing. Yeah. This, this you think? This is the reason why there is a stock trading app that exclusively monitors Paul's trading activity, and then its <laughs> followers do likewise, which is crazy to amazing. believe that people Whoa, actually think amazing. that Paul Pelosi Whoa. has insider information and then are trading their own stocks according to what he does. Yes, it, outper- it outperforms the market. Wow. Yeah, that is fascinating. I will say this is my the, the biggest proof I have that Paul Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi think they are untouchable, because if you know you're being scrutinized in this manner, and they've been scrutinized in this manner since December, at least when they were talking about the Stock yeah. Act, the New York Post in January saying, you know, Paul Pelosi did 30 billion in big bet trading at a time when Nancy Pelosi's regulating these companies. Even if there's no wrongdoing here, the appearance of yeah. wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this when Pelosi, everyone's watching your trade? Nancy Pelosi didn't support that act initially, and right? Then she we want to make it wrongdoing if it's not wrongdoing. I want you guys to show up on the hill. Steve, <laughs> <laughs> last thoughts. No, no, that would be horrible. None of them, none of them are qualified, especially not Maganini. All right, let's watch something blow up. And note old Hoover Dam. Boulder City confirms Hoover Dam isolated fire is extinguished. Welcome, Drake.
Breaking news, a possible explosion at the Hoover Dam. Officials in Boulder City tweeting out saying they are responding to an emergency at the dam. We have that tweet up on your screen also saying no further information available at this time. It says Boulder City Fire Department is en route there to this emergency call. Uh, again, no additional information available. Also in a tweet that was posted just minutes ago, the city saying the fire was extinguished before Boulder City Fire Department arrived on that scene. It goes on to say the Bureau of Reclamation slash the Hoover Dam will be handling any additional questions. At this point, we've also been told that there are no injuries, so that is certainly a good thing there. Now, we've also reached out to Clark County Fire Department. They say they have received several calls but are not responding to the scene. Right now, you are looking at a traffic cam in the area. Again, we have a crew on the way right now trying to get more. So this, this isn't the video. Does that have video? There we go. Okay, so the Hoover. There was the transformer that was on fire. Tax Very short. For local residents. Damn it. Wasn't very spectacular. I'm sorry. This is one. Once again, this is one of the problems of not watching shit. Before I get on here, not very spectacular. Not very spectacular at all. But uh, I assume, I assume it has something to do with the fucking heat wave. Heat waves, stress transformers. People are using a lot of power. We're going to start, though, with the story everybody's talking about, that extreme heat. So wherever you are in the country, we have a feeling you are waking up to it. Take a look at these high temperatures, this map. Heat alert stretching from California all the way to Massachusetts. And it's much of the same across Western Europe as well, where folks are facing the region's most intense heat wave ever. And here was the image that went viral yesterday. It shows a member of the Queen's Guard being given a drink of water as the UK copes with record temps there. You know those hats are hot. Uh, we're going to have more on that in a live report. Hoda? Is that Hoda? Is that who that is? Hoda is getting ready to say that exact same thing. That fucking hat. That stupid fucking hat. Yes, I called it stupid, Warlord. That furry fucking hat. Rub the furry hat. Al's got his full forecast, but first, NBC's Emily Aketa joins us from the Jersey Shore. Hey, Emily, good morning. Good morning to you guys. This is the place you want to be amid sweltering heat. As you guys know, the East Coast has briefly escaped some of those scorching temperatures we've seen in other parts of the country, but now those high temps, they're coming for us too. This morning, millions of Americans... Is that the first time anyone's ever said that New Jersey is the place you want to be? Is that the is that the first time those words have ever been spoken? Americans are struggling to stay cool and safe as these dog days of summer usher in weather that can be downright dangerous. This morning, Americans are waking up to blistering temperatures with an oppressive heat wave stretching from coast to coast. It's just been brutal heat. 89 million Eat the Carter, yes, is a dumb fucking hat. Advisories, watches, or warnings. More than half of the country is seeing temperatures over 90 degrees, many setting records. It's sweltering. And, w- and what's the worst is there's no air moving. Triple digits extending through the plains from the Dakotas to Texas. Across the Lone Star- I would uh, I would like to I would like to impart something on you guys. And I'm going to I'm going to bring this. I'm going to bring these uh, pictures up later. This is the heat wave that occurred in June of 1976. This is the 
degree in change versus the average between 1951 and 1980. Okay? So that's, that's, that's how this data is laid out. This is the degree of change between the average temperature taken between 1951 and 1980. This is the June heat wave. Now, would you like to see our current heat wave? The June 2022 temperature versus the average 1951-1980. Yeah, this isn't even the current heat wave because this is June. This is last month's data. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a real fuck. We are in the midst of a climate emergency. This is this is the degree of difference of June 2022 versus the average temperature of 1951 through 1980. This was considered a heat wave before. Compared to the same aggregate number between 1951 and 1980. This was considered a heat wave. We are the frogs in the pot of water. <laughs> like, guys, this is re- like... Fuck. Fuck. This blew me away. I believe this is degrees Fahrenheit. It might be degrees. It's probably degrees Celsius, actually. Yep, degrees Celsius. Oof. Oof. Big oof. Degrees Celsius. Jesus. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Damn. So, uh, yeah. Enjoy the rest of your evenings. Or shattered. People say it's hot in Texas, but this is like different. It's hot. Dallas reaching a whopping 109 degrees. I don't have central aisle. It would have me at over 100 degrees inside of the house. Michael Sneed says for him, the blazing Texas heat is a matter of life and death. Most of the time I have to sit right on the couch up under the air condition, and that's not really doing much. And so uh, it's, I mean, I feel in danger all the time. California's Central Valley is facing excessive heat warnings. The city of Fresno expecting triple-digit temperatures to linger for weeks. Officials already responding to calls for heat exhaustion warn that as little as 30 minutes of activity in this climate can be dangerous. Our bodies are not necessarily used to or accustomed to this heat over long periods of time, and so it can be really dangerous if you're not prepared. In Denver, the mile... Let me let me give you an example of this heat exhaustion before we finish this story. I'm just gonna I'm gonna sneak this in right here. A little short video. This is a UPS driver, I think, today. 
We're learning more about that alarming video of a UPS guy in distress from the extreme heat. He struggles to make it onto the front porch. Then he collapses, Whoa. overwhelmed by the 110 degree temperature in Arizona. He has to lie down yesterday. to recover. Slowly, he gets back up again and reaches for the doorbell before stumbling back to his truck. It's just a sickening feeling that you don't know what's going to happen to that guy if he goes to the next house or to his truck. Homeowner Brian Enriquez says he was shaken when he saw what his ring camera had captured. You can see in the video, he's looking at his hands, shaking his hands. I mean, he could have a mini stroke or anything. You may be surprised to hear that UPS trucks have no air conditioning. No air conditioning. So freaking hot back here. Drivers are taking to social media to share their extreme working conditions. This guy is drenched in sweat. To get air through the truck, the best way is we always leave the doors open. We rented a UPS truck to experience what drivers endure. UPS drivers call these trucks the box, and there's a reason. They literally bake in the sun. This one's been parked for a while. Outside, we're registering 95 degrees, but inside, we're approaching 120. UPS says the driver on that Arizona video... Total abuse of orders. ...adding, our package delivery vehicles make frequent stops, making air conditioning ineffective. Across the nation, the heat is on. We're talking about all-time records, like we have never in recorded history in centuries seen this type of heat. Check out the forecast in Houston. We've got triple digits in the forecast. For the Look at all those hundreds. It's going to feel like you're standing inside of a hairdryer. The extreme weather sparked severe thunderstorms and flooding in New York, where a massive sinkhole swallowed a van. Oh my God! In the United Kingdom, they're seeing temperatures of 100 degrees plus for the first time ever. They've literally never experienced this before in recorded history, going back 363 years. And only 5% of the homes there are air conditioned versus 90% of the homes here in the States. Look at Europe right now. I mean, they're on fire. London's forecast is 99. It goes from Paris all the way down into Spain. We spoke to AccuWeather meteorologist Christina Shaloup. Just to put it in perspective for you, London at this time of year, the average high temperature is 71 degrees. So you're seeing a departure of about 33 degrees in just one day. In France, it's being called the heat apocalypse. Well, I'm so sorry, warlord. His clothes on fire, terrifying signs of the times, and perhaps our future. Fuck. High City hitting a sizzling 100 degrees. After escaping the heat over the weekend, the extreme weather is finally reaching the East Coast. Severe storms battered the New York It's City not in the future. It's here right now. And causing damage like this sinkhole that swallowed a van in the Bronx. With summer just hitting its... Again, fucking wow. ...of even hotter days to come. And we could see temperatures eclipse more records today. If you're in one of those areas with oppressive heat, a few things to keep in mind. Make sure you're hydrating. If you have to be outside, try to limit your time in the sun. Close your blinds throughout the day to try to prevent some of that extra heat from coming into your homes. And if you have limited access to air conditioning, identify those areas where there are cooling centers or access to water in case you need to seek refuge from just this brutal weather. Guys, yeah. back to you. All right, some good advice there. Emily Aketa, Forest and Long Branch. She's got it like 67 in here. Like, I'm cold. Like, I have to put on my bathrobe.
So like fucking like it's 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 really fucking hot when I go outside. Let's talk about the heat wave in the UK. Been mentioned a couple times in both of the pieces we just watched. Let's turn now to NBC News foreign correspondent Megan Fitzgerald, who joins us now live from London. Megan, it is great to see you. And, and we know that the London Fire Brigade declared a major incident after a huge surge in fires across the capital. But what more do we know, Megan, about what's actually happening there? Yeah, Morgan, great to be with you. Uh, what we know at this hour, as you mentioned, is that there is this massive fire that's burning in the outskirts of London. It's East London, to be exact. We know that about 100 firefighters are battling this blaze. 15 fire trucks have deployed. Um, but this is a critical situation here because, as you mentioned, we're seeing fires breaking out all throughout the capital here. Uh, the fire brigade tweeting, we have declared a major incident as firefighters battle several significant fires across the capital. Then the mayor tweeting that this is critical. Um, this country is not prepared for the temperature that they're seeing. Uh, temperatures soared past 104 degrees uh, and continuing to climb. The infrastructure here, not prepared for that. We've seen uh, runways buckling. We've seen train tracks buckling from the heat. Keeping in mind, of course, that a lot of people in this country live without air conditioning. That's why a state of emergency has been called. That is why we saw top officials meeting over the weekend to try and uh, come up with an emergency plan to deal with this, because the biggest concern is for the health and safety of the people here. Megan, I mean, what are things looking like for the rest of the continent? Because, I mean, even if you just look more broadly, they're still in the middle of this gripping heat wave. Over a thousand people have died in the EU. That was the number yesterday. It may be higher now. In the UK, we are seeing a heat wave gripping much of the southern part of the continent. Uh, you look at Portugal and Spain, for example, where temperatures have soared past 114 degrees. Uh, right now, new numbers are in saying that more than a thousand people have been uh, killed. They've died because of this heat. Meanwhile, we are up to 1,700 as of today, and it's, it's not. It's not likely a accurate death toll. 30,000 acres are burning in the southeast portion of the country there. Uh, more evacuations happening today as well. Um, and then, obviously, this you know continent not out of the woods anytime soon. We know that this heat wave is expected to stretch uh, to Germany and into Belgium, uh, where folks there are bracing for record-setting temps of 104 degrees in the coming days, Morgan. All right. Fuck. Sweating it out there in London for us. Megan, thank you. We appreciate it. Thanks for watching our... Here is the video Warlord sent me earlier. The fires in Spain. Believe it or it was. Yes, this is Spain yesterday. What's he doing? This is her. Are you quoting Don't Look Up? <laughs> I really enjoyed that movie. And uh, kind of a pertinent reference given the story that I'm getting ready to tell you. Biden holds off for now on climate emergency declaration. 
President Joe Biden will travel to Massachusetts on Wednesday to promote new efforts to combat climate change, although he will not declare an emergency that would unlock federal resources to deal with the issue, despite increasing pressure from climate activists and Democratic lawmakers. The White House said on Tuesday it has not ruled out issuing such a declaration letter, which would allow the president to reroute funds to climate efforts without congressional approval. On Wednesday, Biden will announce other new climate actions when he visits a former coal-fired power plant in Somerset, Massachusetts, which shuttered in 2017, but has since been reborn as an offshore wind power facility. It's fine. It'll be fine. Come on, man. But since Joe, uh, Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia, hit pause on negotiations over climate spending and taxes last week, the public attention has shifted to a presidential emergency declaration and what the Biden administration could do with the newfound powers. It's not on the table for this week. What emergency? What emergency? Everything's fine. This is fine. I need to Photoshop the dude sitting at the table with the coffee, with the fire roller. This is fine. Ten Downey may spontaneously burst into flames at any time. If if there were a god, it would do it when uh, Prince Andrew, or as I like to call him, Prince Pedophile, walks through the door. You live in sexual anarchy. It's not even sexual anarchy. Sexual anarchy is a good thing if you ask me. Andrew was raping kids. That is not a good thing. Meanwhile, in Georgia... Prosecutors say all 16 fake Trump electors are targets in a criminal probe. So, enjoy. Major development as well in Georgia's investigation of attempts to overturn election results there. And a big shift. Prosecutors say that all 16 so-called fake electors who were part of the former president's scheme and who signed... Let's not rape anybody. Let's not rape anybody. ...that was sent to the National Archives are now targets of a criminal probe. They've all gotten what are known as target letters. CNN's Nick Valencia joins us now with the latest. So what more have you learned? Hey there, Anderson. Yeah, this, this is really good. so significant because it shows that District Attorney Fonnie Willis here could be inching towards potential criminal charges in her probe as she looks for potential election interference here in the state of Georgia. Up until now, we I know called her Fanny, so uh, had been correct me if I do that again. Cooperating with Willis, but this is the first time that we're hearing that these 16 electors could face potential criminal charges. Uh, according to one of the attorneys for many of these electors, some of them had been cooperating with Willis as witnesses, but not as targets. And all that changed according to court filings in late June when attorneys for Willis's office say that new evidence came to light. Now, attorneys for the electors are pushing back on this claim. Uh, they're saying that this is all a publicity stunt and that the electors agreed to be witnesses for Willis's investigation, uh, but it was not uh-huh. in good faith. But why this is so significant is, uh, you know, it shows that Willis is potentially inching closer towards these criminal charges. And it also shows Anderson just how wide ranging, a wide reaching and the broad scope of her investigation as well. 
Anderson. Is there any indication this investigation is drawing closer to the former president? There is, and it does suggest that this may be drawing closer to former President Trump. And we should remind our viewers, it was earlier this month that seven key Trump allies were given subpoenas. And that includes the former president's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, uh, as well as South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, as well as five legal advisors to the Trump campaign. Anderson, one thing is clear, we're going to see a lot of legal wrangling before there's uh, any resolution to this all. A lot of re- legal wrangling. Senator Ted Cruz believes. Fuck, I'm sorry. They put Cruz on screen. I was unable to give you a content warning. That is CNN's fault for autoplaying. I did not know Ted Cruz. Popping up. Hot damn. I Hey, if, if, if criminal charges are coming to anybody, it's probably going to be in Georgia. Amazingly enough, thanks, Georgia. Atlanta, Atlanta may save the union by burning down Trump. As opposed to the the previous time when the union was saved by burning down Atlanta. Tonight they drove old Dixie down. I think I fucked the song up. Secret Service cannot recover texts. No new details for the January 6th committee. U.S. Secret Service has determined it has no new text to provide Congress relevant to its January 6th investigation and that any other text its agents exchanged around the time of the 2021 attack on the Capitol were purged, according to a senior official briefed on the matter. Also, the National Archives on Tuesday sought more information on the potential unauthorized deletion of agency text messages. Seems sus as fuck. They just happen to be missing those text messages from those days? Weird. U.S. government's chief record keeper asked the Secret Service to report back to the archives within 30 days about the deletion of any records, including describing what was purged and the circumstances of how the documentation was lost. The law enforcement agency, whose agents have been embroiled in the January 6th investigation because of their role shadowing and planning President Donald Trump's movements that day, is expected to share this conclusion with the January 6th committee in response to its Friday subpoena for texts and other records. Question chat. Were members of the Secret Service in on it? Because remember, they were wanting to take Mike Pence away And Mike Pence said, there's no way I'm getting in that car. Apparently what the plan was like to have Chuck Grassley or some shit was going to be acting president of the Senate and was going to send it back to the States. That was their fucking plan. And Pence said he wouldn't get in the fucking car. Dan Bongino was a Secret Service agent. There, I, there very well could have been a few of them that were in on it. This is fucking wild. 
I like I'm amazed they didn't like fire all the Secret Service agents when Biden came in and just brought in a new like a whole new crop. Like it see it seems to be a compromised agency. But you know, Biden was was brought in to, you know, make sure nothing fundamentally changes. I am I am really interested to see if the committee is able to obtain their text messages. They don't need their cooperation. I don't know I don't know exactly who the service provider is, but like pretty sure that exists and your your service provider would have that information. Almost certainly. Oh, she got arrested in a protest. We already covered that. Right now, we're talking about the daughter of a 9-11 victim who says that Donald Trump's Saudi golf deal is blood money. The daughter of a New York City firefighter who died on 9-11 accused former President Donald Trump of taking blood money for hosting the Saudi Arabia-backed LIV golf. Did I say it right? Is that LIV? How they're pronouncing it? The acronym Golf Invitation Series at his golf course in New Jersey in the backyard of Ground Zero. Juliet Scazzo's father, Dennis, was one of 343 firefighters killed in the attack on the World Trade Center. Scazzo has joined protests against the LIV golf tournament which is funded by the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund, which has been offering massive payouts to attract top golfers. Critics say the tournament is intended to obscure Saudi Arabia's links to terrorism. And for that to be uh, hosted by a foreign president is even more disgusting. Here she is on Families CNN. Families of 9-11 victims are urging former President Trump to cancel a golf tournament that is set to be held... Families of 9-11 victims are urging President Trump to cancel a Saudi-backed golf tournament that is set to be held at his golf course just outside New York City in Bedminster, New Jersey. Members of the 9-11 Justice Group are requesting a meeting with Trump. Writing Not to high enough for this shit. We simply cannot understand how you could agree to accept money from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia's Golf League to host their tournament at your golf course and to do so in the shadows of Ground Zero in New Jersey, which lost over 700 residents during the attacks. Joining us now is Juliet Scalso. Her father, Dennis Scalso, was one of the hundreds of firefighters killed on 9-11. And Juliet, thank you so much for being here with us this morning. I know you were just four and a half years old when your dad was killed. And so tell us why it's important for you that Trump not hold, not only not hold this tournament, but not hold it so close to Ground Zero. I mean myself, and I think I can speak for a lot of the families, are just absolutely astounded. Um, When we first found out about the Live Tournament in general... Well, I mean, we know that uh, the son-in-law, Jared Kushner, took $2 billion from Bonesaw. Um, And that it was going to be taking place on American soil at all the first stop being in in Oregon um it was just shock disappointment 
you know, it, it's it's really hurtful. But now for it to be taking place, you know, literally in the backyard of Ground Zero, um, in a state where there are a lot of 9-11 victims in New Jersey, New York, um, it's just absolutely, it's shocking. And for that to be hosted by a former president is even more... <laughs> I'm not shocked at all. Disgusting. It's well, just... Well, her president just you know, fist bumped It's him. hard to find the words. And, and not just a former president. This is a former president who also blamed Saudi Arabia for the attacks several years ago before he took office, but he did blame them. Well, 15 of the 19 hijackers were from Saudi office. Arabia, and Saudi Arabia financed it. any kind of a response so far? Uh, not that I'm aware of, but yes, Trump himself said in 2016 that the Saudis were responsible. And, you know, as per the executive order from President Biden that we now have these documents, we have these FBI documents that show the, you know, the <laughs> it shows the accountability that the Saudis had, their role in it. So we now have the proof, you know, Trump was right, but now he's taking money from them and, and profiting from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. There's something you don't hear every day. Trump was right. Currently in the awaiting trial in federal court. Um, against the 9-11 families over these attacks. And, you know, of course, we are awaiting that justice. But, yeah, it's hard to find the words. And I know you've written this letter. Your group has written this letter to him voicing this. But if you could speak to him directly, what would you say about why this is so important, that it's not a political issue, that it's personal for you? It is personal. And I, I think for people that don't have personal loss to 9-11 or are not close to it or have a, a story or, you know, a specific connection to that day, you know, it's it's really easy. Every year around the anniversary, you know, everyone hears the names being read and they hear about 9-11 and, you know, they all post never forget. And it, it's really easy if you don't have a personal connection to just hear names. And behind every single one of those names is a person who had a life, who had a family, who preferred their coffee a certain way in the morning, you know, and I think it's really easy to dissociate from that. And you just hear all of these. A lot of cream, a lot of sugar. Like having diabetes. Living with a massive hole in their lives. You know, it doesn't get any easier. Um, Anything, it gets harder. I'm an adult now. I can process, you know, what all of that meant. And now I'm very much involved in fighting for the justice for my father. We got a Maynard. Deserved, I mean. He was a fireman and, and he sacrificed his life. And, um, you know, my mother was a widow at 39 and she had to raise four children by herself. And we were robbed of, you know, a normal childhood and of the lives that we should have had with my father. And it's been over 20 years. It's really time for justice. Yeah. And that doesn't go away. And, and you're right. It, it, that's a something. Unfortunately, that- it's never going to happen. Forever, and I think it's really important that you're you are being so vocal about this and talking about it and making your your feelings known on it. What kind of message does it send if he if Trump doesn't cancel this? Because it's not just this one; he's also supposed to have another one at his golf course in Miami towards the end of the season. So it's not just one. I understand this one's more personal because it's so much closer. But what kind of message does it send to the global world, to the community, if he doesn't cancel it? I mean, I there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, Dustin, but like spoken 
about our issue here. And um, I'm very proud to say that I think we've gotten our message out quite far. And, you know, our message is on the radar. You know, I'm he I'm sure Mr. Trump knows about us. He knows, you know, the letter. He, he knows how she's, she's only like, what, 22 or not. I personally don't think it will be. But um, just the fact that you're you are and even the players that this is blood money that you're taking. Same with him hosting these events. Um, the fact that the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, when we have declassified documents that prove their involvement in this and they're just and they 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 have been killing u.s citizens impunity is just absolutely shocking and you know they're trying to sports that's that's another thing like we we talk a big game we talk a big game about how we're big bad america we gotta be strong and everything saudi arabia kills a journalist that lives here in the u.s what we do about it? Fucking nothing. Fucking nothing. Israel kills a journalist that's a U.S. citizen. What do we do about it? We fucking nothing. Fucking nothing. What 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 do we do for Brittany Griner locked up in Russia? We she had a prescription. We give her we give her a prescription. We get a doctor to 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 post data fucking prescription for her. We're a worthless country. Absolutely worthless. And I mean, the fucking the Saudis, they, they run everything, so no wonder. We've, we've got several Trump stories here, and these are a little more lighthearted. Trump backed Senate candidate, scorched by the best man at his wedding. The frontrunner in Arizona's Republican primary for the U.S. Senate was slammed as a snake oil salesman by an old friend who was the best man at his wedding. Mother Jones published a lengthy profile Monday of Blake Masters, a political newcomer and venture capitalist. Doris, I already don't like a venture capitalist. I already don't like your fucking... You tell me you're a venture capitalist and I'm going to... There's a Bill, there's a Bill uh, uh, Hicks bit about anybody who's in marketing. That's the way I feel about anybody who is in venture capitalism. Do what Bill Hicks says to do if you're in marketing. I can't say it because it might violate Twitch terms of service. Among the interviewees was the best man at Master's Wedding, Colin Weddle, now a partner at a corporate law firm in California, Weddle said he was alerted by his brother to tweets from Master's account last year that he replied to one in November that called coronavirus vaccine mandates evil. Shame on you, Weddle replied from his private account. I'm so utterly disappointed in what you've done with yourself. People will get sick and die because of your reckless rhetoric. As someone who loves and used to respect you, what happened to you? Masters responded with a screenshot of the tweet, which he shared with his tens of thousands of followers. 
Weddle was harassed by callers at work and at home, and he called the police after receiving threatening materials in the mail. Colin was a best friend growing up. He told me about the famous class where I met Peter Thiel, and he was the best man at my wedding, Masters told his followers. The most deadly virus we face is progressivism. It rots both brains and nations. I wish Colin well, but freedom is worth losing friends over. Weddle said they had not spoken since that exchange. I don't know what's worse, he said, if he's actually aware that he's selling snake oil to people or if he truly believes. Blake Masters has promoted misinformation about the 2020 election and COVID-19 as well as pushing the white supremacist great replacement theory. Masters, who is backed by tech billionaire Peter Thiel, which is enough to make you dislike him right there, struggled to gain momentum in the earlier leg of his campaign, but he picked up speed after getting the support of Trump, who has praised him for echoing the former president's lies about the 2020 election. Masters has also pushed racist conspiracy theories, including the basis, uh, baseless Great Replacement Theory, which claims that white Christians are being deliberately replaced by immigrants, non-Christians, and other people of color. I'm praying for rain. The Arizona primary is on August 2nd. Arizona primary is on August 2nd. The Republican primary is going to get heated sooner rather than later. Apparently, Ron DeSantis is living rent-free in between Trump's ears. This is according to a reporter saying that the ex-president is constantly talking about the Florida governor. Governor Ron DeSantis has positioned himself as a culture warrior ahead of a possible White House bid and an expert on the state's politics says his success in making Donald Trump nervous as he considers his own campaign. NBC News national political correspondent Mark Caputo told NBC's Morning Joe that Trump is anxious about the support DeSantis has picked up by raging against classroom lessons on critical race theory and LGBTQ inclusion, and the governor is now seen as the most viable GOP contender to the former president. Oh, do we have it? Yes. Here we Claire, go. we've raised a lot of children. And as you go around, as you went around when you were a candidate, and as you go around today, what's your thought about the really sort of evil genius that some Republicans, we're talking about Ron DeSantis here in this case, have managed to inflict issues that have nothing to do with the daily education of students. In other words, you know, if you talk to a parent of a fourth or a fifth grade student, they're concerned about class size, they're concerned about the fact that their kids might be coming home at uh, the end of the fifth grade not knowing how what 10 and 10 is, not knowing how to decline an English sentence, not having read books that they ought to be reading. No one's asking them about transgender children in fifth grade or third grade. But the Republicans have managed to do this, to inflict culture into the most important aspect of raising a family, public education. Yeah, I think evil genius is the right way to put it. Um, I would have loved to see the answer to the question on that poll. 
do you believe students in school should be taught? I don't understand why they keep talking to Claire McCaskill, who is a loser. Of Americans say yes, they should. But what they've done in the Virginia governor's race is really instructive here. During the pandemic, I know my kids, they were so frustrated and felt so out of control concerning the education of their children. Emotions were at maybe an all-time high among parents about whether or not they had any control over what was happening with their child vis-a-vis their education. At that moment, these Republicans figured out to make this an issue. And when when, when Terry McAuliffe stumbled into the answer that parents shouldn't have a say, that was all she wrote. Because at that moment, parents really felt that things were out of control. And I think DeSantis... Terry McAuliffe was just a bad candidate all the way around. Joe couldn't be more correct. And I probably don't say that often enough. Joe couldn't be more correct (laughs) about DeSantis baiting the left into making this about something that isn't real. But the fear is there. And that's what he's surfing, that fear. Baiting the left? And we actually rise to the occasion, and instead of saying, well, what a stupid thing to talk about, it's not happening. We like start going into it as if kindergartners are being taught about sexuality. It just is so frustrating to me. So Mark Caputo, real or not, DeSantis has turned this into a real issue. We know he's running for re-election this year, but any conversation about Governor DeSantis is about 2024 right now, is seen as the most viable contender, perhaps, to former President Trump or Trump to jump in. So I know you're well plugged in in Trump world as well. How are they seeing? How is the other... Who's this we she's talking about, indeed? ...reacting to what DeSantis is trying to do on this issue? How will he try to co-opt it? That's a good question. I think it's beyond a shadow of a doubt that Ron DeSantis is living rent-free in between Donald Trump's ears. And it's not the other way around. When you talk to people who talk to Trump, he frequently talks about DeSantis. Not necessarily in a completely negative way, but he's looking at him the same way like Julius Caesar looked at him. You say it doesn't happen, and then some dumb fuck right-winger is like, But libs of TikTok, said! But libs of TikTok, said! Right-wingers are morons. That Cassius in Shakespeare's play. Like, he sees someone who's a potential threat here. Now, among the reasons that Donald Trump might announce early, that is, might announce this year, is because DeSantis keeps kind of climbing up in the polls, and Trump figures, look, and this is according to people who have spoken to him, who have spoken to us and others, uh, if I announce now and I become the nominee, no one else will run against me. I am among those who believe that if the polling holds, and that's a big if, I don't see Ron DeSantis challenging Donald Trump at the current rates. Like Trump is still getting about half of the Republican primary voters. DeSantis are far less. And DeSantis knows, like, you know, campaigning against Donald Trump, ask anyone who ran against him in the primary. Mm-hmm. This guy's kind of a, uh, you know, he's, he's an a self-immolating arsonist who is wearing an asbestos suit and he hugs you. You're the one who burns and he doesn't. They've seen that time and again. And does Ron DeSantis really want to get involved in that right after he gets reelected? My answer to that right now is no. But if the polling changes and there's enough people who draft him, then yeah, I think his mind will change. Nice mental image there, Mark. You've left Thank that you. in our mind. I, Thank you. A fiery hug. I don't know how DeSantis doesn't run at this point because every every decision he's made 
has pointed to he is running for the presidency in 2024. And Trump is almost certainly going to announce this this fucking year. It's going to be like into within two months. He is going he is basically announced already. Motherfuckers. Trump has has pretty much already announced. We just have to like wait for the announcement of the announcement. Ron DeSantis is gonna run. It looks like Nikki Haley is gonna run. Christy Nome is gonna run. Uh, Ted Cruz is going to run. Is there anybody I left off? Who was in here last night? I went off. I went off on like all the candidates for 2024: Trump, DeSantis, Haley, Nome. Ted Cruz. Oh, uh, fucking Tom Cotton and Josh Hawley. Trump announcing near the election will boost turnout, but not in Republican favor. The Trump effect on the election is actually a positive for Democrats. Like him announcing him announcing before the election will be a good thing for Democrats. Roe Roe v. Wade being overturned has actually helped Democrats. Democrats are now uh, leading on the generic ballot nationally for this election. Like things don't look as dire for the Democrats in the fall anymore. The January six hearings have hit harder than anybody thought they would. Roe v. Wade getting overturning has actually been like a a fundraising boon for them. I, for the love of God, I hope there is an open primary for the Democrats in 2024. I I I hope that Joe Biden waits until after the midterm. Coming at the end of November, he, he goes, Hey guys, I'm not going to run for re-election. I think it's time for me to step aside. We've accomplished what we did. We stabilized the economy. We got coronavirus under control. You needed a cool hand for that. You needed a cool hand Joe to come in and take care of some business. Come on, man. We're going we're gonna to have a primary. 2024, but oh, almost certainly Joe Biden's going to run. Almost certainly Joe Biden is going to run. I, 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 I've always predicted long before all the, the events that have kind of turned things in Democrats favor. I predicted that they would hold on to the Senate, possibly even pick up like two seats. I think they're probably going to pick up two seats. The House is a different story, but now they're saying like, there's possibly only 30 uh, House races that are being contested. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what's going on. Trump responds to Pulitzer rejection of demand to revoke reporting awards. 
<laughs> Former President Trump on Monday cast the Pulitzer Prize board's rejection of his demand to revoke awards given to the New York Times and the Washington Post as running for cover or as running cover for the biggest reporting failure in modern history. The board earlier Monday said it would not fulfill multiple requests by Trump to rescind awards to the staff of the two newspapers in 2018 for reporting on the Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election because it saw no reason to do so. The Pulitzer board has taken away any shred of credibility it had left with its response regarding the 2018 Pulitzer Prize for National Reporting, which was awarded to the New York Times and the Washington Post for blatant fake news. Instead of acting with integrity and providing transparency, the Pulitzer board is running for cover for the biggest reporting failure in modern history, the fake Russia, Russia, Russia collusion hoax. They love to say fake Russia collusion hoax, whatever the fuck, but always ask like, what specifically? What claim are you calling fake? Because like, I can show you all the shit in the Senate Intelligence Committee report or the Mueller report. I don't think it says what you think it says. We haven't done this in a long time here on this show, but tonight we are going to. Check in with Beanie Boy. Content warning. It's Tim Pool. Again, because Joe Rogan's statements that make the press all the time are like Joe Rogan gets stoned and makes passive comment news at 11. The big news is that Joe Rogan called Donald Trump a man baby and said that he's on Adderall. And I'm like, I don't know if I completely disagree with Joe. I mean, usually I'm... He's totally man, baby. But also, also, thank you, Tim Pool, for setting up my next story. Notice how he's talking about, like, fucking... The passive comment he made while he got stoned. Remember that when we're, when we're doing the next story where Joe Rogan talks about how he wants to shoot homeless people. Keep that in mind. So he's a little more edgy, I guess. I mean, I guess we get offensive sometimes on the Timcast After Hours Uncensored show. Ooh. But, uh, Joe's right, in essence. Donald Trump very easily gets uh, um, slighted. You know, he takes things personally. He's very much got an ego. He's a man, baby. He was a bad president. Um, I think it was bad. He was a very way. bad president. I think Ron DeSantis would be better in a lot of ways. But there's also this idea that Donald Trump was taking Adderall or uppers or whatever. And it's like, yeah, uh, probably. But come on. Joe Biden's taken way more. I mean, and if he's not, maybe he should be. But anyway, here's the actual... Joe Biden is taking way more, but yet he looks like he's asleep all the time. ...ecosystem, and whether or not Cenk Uger of the Young Turks is correct. And actually, I think he is. But hold on, let me explain. Cenk is allowed to be right when he's right, but he's not right in the right way necessarily. He just sort of accidentally was right, kind of. Okay, here's what Cenk Uger said. Fox News and Joe Rogan leaving Trump are the first signs that he is in real trouble. Without right-wing media, Trump melts into a ball of orange wax. Let me just explain why Jenk is wrong before I talk about why he is right. Joe Rogan never supported Trump. Joe Rogan has not had Trump on his platform. Joe Rogan has not endorsed Trump. When did Joe Rogan's show support this man? It did not. So uh, Joe Rogan saying 
basically what he says all the time, is not hurting Trump. Fox News, they were not... Joe Rogan didn't actively say anything to hurt Trump, really. I don't think I don't think he he went out of his way to tear Trump down. Pro Trump either. They were very anti-Trump and they were kind of forced to slowly turn around when they realized their audience hated them because the audience liked Donald Trump. Let me show you a bit about what Joe Rogan said. Oh, so the 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 audience did influence the show, eh? And I have a very big announcement. I may have included it in the title of this video. A very big announcement to the point of why Cenk Uger is right. Newsweek says a video of controversial podcast host Joe Rogan. Newsweek, come on. I just did an op-ed for Newsweek calling out the January 6th committee for falsely, for misrepresenting me and my statements. I was reading a news story about Trump and they included it next to people calling for a red wedding. You're going to call Joe Rogan controversial. He is one of the most popular and prominent, if not. I've seen a gazillion videos of you saying, like I played him on the Troll Patrol. You saying you were being forced to vote for Trump, that you supported Trump, that Trump was going to win in a landslide. Dude, dude, you're a right winger. And you know what we say about right wingers. They are morons. The most popular and prominent stand-up comedians in the world with the most popular podcast in the world. That's the opposite of controversial. Is he one of the most popular stand-up comedians in the world? I would say that is a no. I don't think he plays arenas. He might, maybe now. Maybe he, especially if he goes like, uh, uh, as like triple billing with, with other people, he can play an arena. But like Joe Rogan was still playing like clubs and theaters. He he's may, he may be one of the most popular podcasters. He's not actually one of the most popular comedians. His comedy ain't that good, dude. It is the biggest. Everybody likes it. Some people don't. Anyway, accusing Donald Trump of being a man baby during his show on July 14th, Rogan spoke to comedian Tom Segura about Trump, his actions as president and rumors about his behavior. Ultimately, he came down and said, Trump's a man, baby. Even as you watch him as president, he was full of effing energy, Segura said. They say he slept like four hours a night. He was one of those people. Rogan then interrupted. Yeah, he was fucking tweeting all hours a night. Let's watch the video, Timmy. Yes, only because there were multiple people who used to work on The Apprentice that were like, Trump was effing gassed up for shoots. This is because he has trouble reading. He would struggle to read prompter or script when he was just sober. So they would give him that. And he would dial in more on the rating because he gets very bored. He would get bored at the CIA briefing in the mornings. He would go, I don't want to read that. You effing read it and tell me. They would have to make it more engaging for him because he would just tap out. The duo then began. The man, baby. Kushner, and now he dealt with the president during his time in the White House. So apparently Kushner would like, he says, you have to, you have to make it in waves. Two good stories about Trump, one bad one. Otherwise, he's not going uh, <laughs> to listen. Well, at least Rogan admits it. Because, like, I made, a, I made a video uh, not that long ago that, like, showed that Joe Rogan flip-flopped on vaccines for sure. Like, which, which Joe Rogan do you trust here? Oh, I'm full screen.
I wish I wish Tim had played the clip. I don't know why Tim didn't play the clip. You're like 21 years old, and you say to me, "Should I get vaccinated?" I, I go, "No." Yeah. You're, are you healthy? Are you a healthy person? Like, look, don't do anything stupid, but you should take care of yourself. You yeah. should, if you're if you're a healthy person and you're exercising all the time and you're young and you're eating well, and like, I don't think you need to worry about this. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. But there's a uh, lot of jobs that will tell you you need to have this. Well, that's what's but starting to happen. This is April of 2021. And we well talked into COVID. That, 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 that you might have to have your, your children vaccinated. And, you know, I can tell you as someone who's both, both my children got the, va- the, the virus, it was nothing. I mean, I hate to say that if someone's children died from this. I'm very sorry that that happened. I'm not, I'm not in any way diminishing that. Over a thousand did, Joe. That my children had with COVID was nothing. We need to just have straight talk. Don't tell me. This is from 2020. It's like the hurricane. Okay. You know, I would be really bad at you if I thought you were a hurricane forecaster and you knew this was coming, but you kept telling me, oh, it's low risk. Don't worry about it. Right. Yeah. Once it hit. Yeah. So that's what we need to do today is just say this is going to be challenging and we're going to get through it, though. We are going to get through it. I hope this wakes people up to the value of vaccines, too. There's so many wackos out there that think that vaccines are you know a scam or they're dangerous or it's there there's so many people out there that won't vaccinate their children i know and that's one you know one of your best shows you ever did with peter hotels yes, he's a dear friend of mine guy. he's a i do too he's a dear friend of mine as you and you know he is one of the champions out there on this very issue yes. i couldn't agree with you more i think that's really an important point that you know we got to get this idea these vaccines can be life-saving if we had one right now think how different the situation will be in the world right Thank you for what you do say about vaccines because people listen to you and we need every positive voice because we have so many crazy voices out there right now. So that many are people so are paranoid and yeah. d- d- delusional and they want it all to be a conspiracy. There's been an amazing medical innovation in, in human culture and that's vaccines. <laughs> Completely reversed himself from 2020 human culture and that's vaccine shut the fuck up joe rogan completely completely reversed himself i don't know if i can listen to tim pool anymore we're gonna talk about joe rogan wanting to shoot homeless people now we gotta listen to we didn't get fucking tim pool didn't play the joe rogan clip wonder why he doesn't play the the clip Are Joe gonna pop you? Take your take your monetization away from you? That's exactly what it is. He wants the monetization. I'm not worried about it. They ain't coming after me. Joe Rogan's recent comments about shooting homeless people in Los Angeles sparked a backlash on social media with people accusing the podcaster of inciting violence against the homeless. This is the same one Tim Bull was talking about with comedian Tom Segoya. I might have to. I might have to go to Twitter here. I don't think it's embedded inside of the article. Joe Rogan, harmless. The uh, on the video, the comments. 
around the underpass, and there's porta potties. Not one either, like four, like a deck of porta potties. Wow. And then someone has a car parked there on the sidewalk, like partly on the sidewalk. So they're like half blocking a lane, and then they have like a, a canopy draped over their car, and they have just stacks of shit. And then next to it was a dresser. They had a dresser. Jesus. So they had their shoes and a shoe rack. There was a shoe rack. Like poor people, that is everything they own in the world, and you are fucking begrudging them for their horrendous circumstances as they've been put through the meat grinder of capitalism, you insensitive fucking bastard. Like this is where they live. That's just, really wild. I didn't know also that um you know when when you see stuff like that on the streets, at least in Los Angeles or maybe in California, those are that's protected property. Like by law, you know that. Like if you were, so to you're go, not supposed to do that. But and, and but like that's that person's property by law. If you oh, were to the go, homeless person's property yes. is protected. Well, good. Absolutely. Huh? If you were to go and try to move that or take that, you get arrested. Yeah. I don't think that's a thing. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's a great have... job. Good. Maybe you should just go and shoot the homeless people. I like your ideas. Yeah. yeah. And if nobody claims it, I mean, nobody does anything about violent crime in LA anymore. It's a fucking joke. Yeah. They're just letting people out. So, do you think those comments were taken out of context in any way, shape, or form? Did you just get stoned and he's making a joke? There was nothing funny about what he said. Those comments are not taken out of context, sir. That's vile. Seriously, people at rock bottom. And I'm an advocate that you should give the homeless people homes. Everywhere it's been tried, it's been like an overwhelming success. And the vast majority of them get jobs and become productive members of society that all they need is the little leg up. All you need is your, your $200 when you pass go, whatever the equivalent is of that. That allows you to be able to live your basic necessities. I have always been a proponent that, that everyone should get uh, food stamps. And that we should expand food stamps to hot meals. And that everybody should get fucking five, six $600 a month. Because you can't live on... Uh, when I was on food stamps, it was like $180 a month. But this was like 10 years ago when I was in college. And I had to work while in college in order to qualify for food stamps, there was a million different hoops you had to go through. So you just give it to everybody. Take away the stigma so there's no more people sneering at others at the checkout lanes. Grocery stores, that fucking, that drives me, the, me insane. If everybody gets fucking five, six hundred dollars a month... Everybody can go use their card. Nobody's like looking like judging you like, how dare you be buying that with your food stamps? How dare you be buying soda for your children with food stamps? I pay for your food stamps. With most, more than likely, you absolutely do not pay for those person's food stamps. The bottom 50% of income earners in this country pay $0 in federal tax. And actually get money back from the federal government. And a lot of times, especially if you're a homeowner, it's built-in subsidies that you don't even fucking know that you're getting. 
You got a bunch of fucking fucking uh, loin fruit. You're you, you fucking breeders. You get all kinds of money. You don't even know you're getting subsidies. You don't know you're getting. Miss me with that bullshit. Speaking of bullshit, a cop in California. We're talking about violent crime. Joe Rogan, hey, hey, here's you some violent crime you can talk about. Deadly police shooting of a 23-year-old black man, Robert Adams, now under investigation. Now, how is it, how is it that I can flip over this shooting happened in California? Joe Rogan says they don't even deal with violent crime. Here is a black man that was shot in the back. Police are investigating an officer-involved shooting that fatally wounded a black man on Saturday in San Bernardino, California. They say the man was armed at the time. The incident occurred in a parking lot around 8 p.m. and was recorded by nearby surveillance cameras. Have the CBS News hit. Our top story tonight, shot in the back by undercover officers. Grieving parents call this... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They were undercover officers. He didn't know who was chasing him. You are allowed to be to be armed, apparently, in this country. It's your Second Amendment goddamn right. And these are undercover officers chasing somebody. Shot in the back by undercover officers. Grieving parents call this murder, and officers have just released new information. Good evening, everyone. I'm Pat Harvey. Tonight, the family of the man killed is speaking with our Nicole Comstock. She's in San Bernardino with the interview and the images just in from police. That man's family says there was no way he could have known that these were police officers because they crept up in an unmarked car and then didn't identify themselves when they got out of it. This is 23-year-old Robert Adams. Within 15 seconds of this unmarked police car pulling into the view of this security camera in an alley in San Bernardino, two undercover officers get out of the car, and at least one of them starts shooting at Adams, who immediately starts running away from them. We're pausing the video before he's fatally wounded, but he is seen on camera running toward a wall where he collapses. Wait, I can understand if he was a threat to them. But he was not a threat to them. He was running for his life. His mother, Tamika King, says she was on the phone with her son just moments before the shooting. But suddenly the line went dead. It let me know that's why the phone hung up, because they were killing my son. The boy ran. You've seen the video. He hunted him down like a dog. If he would have still had some life in him, he probably would have finished the clip. Adam's family says he was working at a gambling business here, did not have a gun, and could not tell that these were cops approaching. His best friend says he witnessed it firsthand. They just hopped out with the guns. They didn't say anything. Yeah, he had his hand in his pocket. But San Bernardino police tell a different story. They say those officers were from a specialized undercover unit investigating complaints about a man with a gun in the parking lot behind an illegal gambling facility. They've since released this digitally enhanced photo and say it shows that Adams pulled a gun out of his waistband when they arrived and walked toward their car with it. 
They say they tried to give him verbal commands, but that he ran away with the gun. A loaded 9mm. Doubt. They say it had a bullet in the chamber. They're asking the public to reserve judgment until they... Doubt. 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 The police department is now working with an independent public relations company to release further information. Of course they are. We are expecting an update on Tuesday. A public relations firm. I'm Nicole Comstock, CBS 2 News. My God, yeah, you got to go hire a public relations firm. He's got to make sure your department looks good. Fuck all the way off. Cops are useless. Cops in D.C. Might, they might release security footage of an officer-involved shooting. D.C. officials said Monday they are weighing whether to release security camera video that might show an off-duty police commander fatally shooting a man who authorities said pointed a gun Saturday night in the city's waterfront entertainment district. Advocates have called on the city to release the footage of the incident at the wharf, though Police Chief Robert J. Conti III said that is the name of an asshole. I'm sorry. My apologies to anybody named Bob Conti. But Robert J. Conti Third is an asshole name. Said at a news conference on Monday, that decision has not yet been made. I'm sorry, I misquoted. The decision has not been made yet. The chief praised the officer involved in the shooting, who officials have told the Washington Post and Commander Jason Bagsaw. Conti said Bagsaw and his wife, who were also uh, who was also a D.C. police officer, went toward the danger and they took action. I think it says they care a lot about the city. We've seen across the country mass shootings that have happened all over the place. Especially by cops. Cops shot five people in Denver by somebody that they thought was armed. Conti said people on the wharf street panicked and ran when they saw a man pull out a gun. And had the gunman started shooting before Bagsaw intervened, it could have been dangerous and deadly for bystanders. Officials have said Bagsaw's wife tackled a man who had been with the gunman. D.C. law gives officials five business days to publicly identify an officer who uses serious force and release video from that officer's body camera. But in this case, Bagsaw was off-duty and not wearing a uniform or a camera. Spokeswoman for Mayor Muriel Bowser said that because there is no body camera video, the administration is not subject to the five-day deadline. Harriet's uh, Wildest Dreams, a racial justice group, has demanded on Instagram that any video of the shooting be immediately made public. Accountability is vital concerning this police killing. Not clear whether video from security cameras captured all or part of the encounter between Bagshaw and the man he fatally shot. man's name was Lazarus David Wilson. He was 23 of Dumfries, Virginia. Meanwhile, over in Russia, a drunk driver set a cop on fire. Police in Russia say a drunk driver soaked a traffic cop in gasoline and set him on fire. We have the the body camera footage here. 
Ooh, ooh, scared the shit out of me. I'm sorry. It's so small. Wait, what in the fuck is going on here? Oh shit, oh shit! Somehow, somehow it escalated to the point that he just went to the back his trunk of his car and got out. Yeah, there's a lot of edits and cuts going on in this video. He goes to the back of his car and gets a, a, a can of gasoline. I'm sorry, and then my my social pushes come up. Take those off the screen. Go back a little bit here. Dude looking like Randy from fucking Trailer Park Boys. Oh, Bandy, what's wrong with you going and grabbing a gas can? Oh, I would like to point out that he is he is smoking. He's grabbing a gas can while still having a lit cigarette in his mouth. Oh wow, he lit himself on fire too. Looks like he's pissed himself. Well, that was a wild video. Footage begins with the traffic cop checking the documents of a bare-chested driver who was suspected of drunk driving. So yeah, we don't really see the cop on fire. It's kind of off-camera. But the dude totally set himself on fire. <laughs> it went out pretty quickly, though. Its officers were writing out a ticket. The 42-year-old driver opened the car's trunk pulled out a can of gas and reportedly tried to pour it over his... He was, get, he was just getting written a ticket. <laughs> it's Russia. They're like, you're drunk driving the thing we do. And Mother Russia, uh, Mother Russia drunk drive you. <laughs> Did a horrible Russian impression. He was stopped from doing so by the police officers, one of whom can be seen catching fire after being doused in the flammable liquid with the suspect allegedly igniting it. As he struggled with the 33-year-old officer, he apparently set off a lighter, igniting gas that had been splashed over the policeman's arms and torso. The footage shows the officer fully ablaze as he struggles to put out the fire while the driver, driver attempts to flee. It ends with the driver forced up against a wall, apparently under arrest. I thought he just ran out of breath. He's like, I'm too fucked up for this shit. Irana Volk. A spokesperson for the Ministry of Internal Affairs of Russia said in a statement in the Republic of Bashkortostan during the service of traffic police inspectors of the traffic police department of the Ministry of Internal Affairs of Russia in the Kukakakiski district, a car was stopped under the control of a local resident. During the verification of documents, police officers noticed obvious signs of intoxication in the driver. The man was offered to be examined, but he refused. In addition, it turned out that he had previously been deprived of a driving license. And he's still just getting a ticket. 
police statement went on. The police made an attempt to prevent the potentially dangerous actions of the attacker. And this is in Russia. This is the cops in Russia that didn't just shoot the motherfucker. They still took him in alive. And a dude that's running from unmarked fucking cops pulling guns on him within 15 seconds just shot down the street here in the U.S. What country's really totalitarian? Really? Really? Tell me that. They took this motherfucker in alive. They didn't shoot him. And it's Russia! It's Russia! We have an update on a story we did yesterday. I believe this happened in Florida. Suspect shot officer by pulling trigger inside holster. That's what we couldn't figure out. Oh, and it seems to be a quick update. We couldn't figure out last night, by the way, the reporters kept talking. If the officer shot themselves or if the suspect actually shot the officer. Do we have sound here? This There's no sound here, motherfucker. A Haines City police officer said he thought uh, he was going to die when a traffic stop on Highway 27 turned into a struggle for his life. According to police, the chain of events started with a man named Luis Alfonso. Al- Hold on. Usually, uh, usually they don't come on that fast. I sneeze quite frequently and quite often during this, this stream, but usually it's, I have a little more warning and don't just do it like that. Don't leave the mic on. I might have another one or two or three coming behind it. Maybe even five or six. Sometimes it's outlandish. I don't think I'm allergic to cats, but maybe... Like, it seems everybody's allergic to cats. According to police, the chain of events started with a man named Louis Alfonso Alicia Feliciano. Which sounds like a character from Saturday Night Live or some shit. Oh, you gotta watch out for Louis Alfonso Alicia Feliciano. He'll get you drunk and date rape you. I don't know. That's not a good premise for a Saturday Night Live skit. I'm sorry. I failed. I might be allergic to the BS in the news indeed. Officer Rogers said Felicianio was going... I'm fucking his name up now. Uh, was going 15 miles per hour and driving... Uh, not 15 miles per hour over. 15 miles per hour. He was going slow and driving erratically. And Officer uh, Rogers pulled Feliciano over. He refused to hand over any documents or get out of the vehicle. Feliciano was arrested for resisting an officer without violence. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But the... If he was arrested for without violence, how did he pull the trigger? Feliciano asked to call his girlfriend to pick up the groceries that were in the car. Uh, the officer uh, arrived at the scene with her brother. No, I'm sorry. The, the girlfriend arrived at the scene with her brother. 26-year-old David uh, went into this last night. They acted aggressively towards the sergeant and other officers who were there. Uh, after being asked to step back several times, according to police, the sergeant handcuffed 
uh, the girlfriend. That's when police said David Torres Orcazo, who was the brother of the girlfriend, reached for the gun in Officer Rogers' holster. Okay, so it was the brother. It wasn't the driver of the car. We couldn't figure this out last night. He's somehow able to get his finger into the holster and fire the firearm in the holster. And the round goes into Officer Rogers' leg. Officers were able to wrangle uh, Oros Kazo into custody. He said he blacked out and didn't remember, but he always wants to protect his family. Immediately following the incident, Interim Chief Stewart said he ordered staff to research new holsters that will not put his officers at risk. Uh, apparently the dude has no criminal record, but's now facing a charge of resisting officer without violence. Weird to charge him without violence if he actually pulled the trigger. The officer Rogers remains hospitalized, but is expected to make a full recovery. Yeah, if you want to talk about some BS in the news, let's talk about some BS in the news. Young lady at a West Virginia high school says she's fighting racism and then she gets racism thrown up in her face as a result. Only on 7 News tonight, a crisis in the classroom investigation. Confederate flags are flying at East Hardy High School in Baker, West Virginia. One student says it's another example of racism inside her school district and she wants to expose it. I-Team reporter Scott Taylor has this exclusive investigation all new at 6. You're watching East Hardy High School students in Baker, West Virginia show up for a class flying the Confederate flag in the back of their pickup trucks. It's been going on for days just before class wraps up for summer break. Nobody seems to care, and it's just really disheartening to think about that. Skyla Nelson, a junior, believes the flags are a result of her conducting her own investigation into the use of the N-word by students at East Hardy. After the Civil War, the Confederate flag was... She was conducting her own investigation. ...Southern heritage, but others see it as representing slavery and white supremacy. Do you hate these kids for I don't, doing this? I don't hate them because, like, they're wrong. And I don't He's based. know they're wrong. The flag started popping up after Nelson exposed the racist language and handed her evidence over to school officials. Over the span of like two weeks, I compiled evidence and pictures and videos and witness statements from other students in the school about people who have said the N-word. A racist slur on a desk. Multiple uses of the N-word witnessed by other students who gave Nelson a signed written complaint. The N-word popping up on high school students' social media. Plus, the last week of school, this post in reaction to complaints saying... Friday, wear anything you got that has an American flag or Confederate flag. You can't. That we need a lot. You can't conflate the American flag and the Confederate flag. They are diametrically opposed in theory. The U.S. The U.S. is like we want that. But like the more the more appearance of democracy, so we can get away with more shit. We're education on why this is wrong. Nelson handed it's kind of it's kind of like the episode of Seinfeld, 
where like Elaine and Jerry decide they're gonna fuck again. It's like you know we we need to take this and add that. You know we want to add the South and all all the racism and all the bad shit. We just don't want to be so overt about it. Lincoln even said if he if he could preserve the Union and preserve slavery, he would do that. Or if he could preserve the Union and abolish slavery, he would do that. Over her investigation to East Hardy School Principal Lori Nesselrod, who Nelson claimed... I may have bitched the quote, but I got close. ...school would investigate. Have you seen the results of that investigation or not? Did she tell you? I've heard from around the school. Um, she's. I've heard that she gave each student a warning, even though some people have been reported two or three times before a warning, and they've been going around school bragging and boasting about how they can do it again because they didn't get any consequences the first time. Seven News has learned the East Hardy Student Handbook prohibits any form of racial harassment. A violation under the bullying category calls for a lunch detention and not a warning for a student's first offense. Heidi Flynn, a parent of students at Hardy County Schools, believes the school district is mishandling racism in the district. Nothing's been I bet. Done. It led to where we're at right now, and that's flags in our parking lot. And Let me ask you this. As a parent, were you notified that this was going on? Absolutely at the not. School? No, there's no, not the administration, been it no has email, been so no letter, ignored. no phone call. Nothing. And that's so sad. Hardy County Schools officials won't comment on camera, but tell Seven News students are allowed to fly the Confederate flag. And East Hardy High School principal Lori Nezelrod emailed saying she has no evidence indicating that it's a racially charged issue. What do you say to uh, wow. who fly the Confederate flag like these kids and say, it is my freedom of speech, it's America, I can do that if I want to? What, what, how do you address that? Like, you can, you can do whatever you want, but it's also like, would you, would you fly a swastika? Would you fly other hate symbols that have, like, a Some of them would, hundreds unfortunately. Of like, that's not, you can, but why would you? 7 News reached out to the NAACP who tells us it has started its own investigation and has reached out to the school board telling the district it's going to be watching very closely when classes begin next month. So will we. For the Also, poor kids, classes are just letting out and they're getting ready to go back next month. Like what, they get a couple of weeks now? Is that a thing? You don't get a summer vacation? Plasticas are literally the most carved thing on high school desk next to male genitalia. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, yep, yep. That sounds about right. Uh, I would I would recommend kids, like, carve the male genitalia. You live in sexual anarchy? This one's going to piss you off. We're moving to Texas. There's no racism in Texas, you don't think, do, do you? No racism in Texas. Texas school board member admits a high school's first black principal was fired for being a total activist. A school board member revealed that a high school principal was fired over a letter he sent to the school community. James Whitfield sent a letter to the school community on June 3rd, 2020, addressing systematic racism. Uh, I'm going to assume this is right in the wake of George Floyd. 
A year later, in July, a former school board candidate demanded that Whitfield resign. A Texas school board member admitted that they fired a black high school principal for pushing critical race theory. So, this is the video on Facebook from Colleyville Citizens for Accountability. This is a right-wing group. I think I had given a couple examples in GCISD, but going back to the principal of Colleyville Heritage High School that we found out he was a total activist. And of course, uh, we were branded and put on national television just like South Lake was, uh, that uh, we fired him because he was married to a, a white woman. And I went in last week and read the whole file. And if you read the whole file, you'll see exactly why he was, uh, there was a letter sent out at 4.30 in the morning from him, a uh, three-page letter uh, to all of the parents. That's the, uh, uh, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, if you want to say, that got him fired. It had nothing to do with the person. Someone stood up at a, city, at a school board meeting and asked for his resignation based on uh, FOIAs that were done that showed that he was um, pushing a movement through. And when they did that, uh, of course, that gentleman was called a racist and a white supremacist and put on national... You probably are a racist and white supremacist. But um, there's 100%, I mean, there is absolute proof that what he was trying to do. And again, if we don't stand up now, it's not in all of our classrooms, it's not everywhere. Actually, it's not in most of them. But we have a list of those who it's in and they have to be stopped now because most of the teachers are absolutely wonderful and they're all and, the things that we've said and your list just happens to be uh people of color i assume you're gonna be going after the black teachers the gay teachers teachers that are non-binary those are the people you're talking, you're gonna make sure that those people aren't teaching kids the the other teachers the ones that are like white and christians they're okay Aren't they? Please don't clip that out of context. Warlord, I hope you've gone to bed. <laughs> list of teachers. They have a list of teachers. These these fucks are purging teachers. So I believe this is the the principal. Let's hear what he has to say. Sorry, let me give you some volume. To prevent it from happening, if not divisive at all, it's actually what we should be doing as instructors, as teachers, as parents, and as a society. I'm Hassan Kwame Jeffries, Associate Professor of History. Oh no, this is not him. I'm sorry. My apologies. The letter, which was obtained by the Texas Tribune, was a reaction to the protests George Floyd. How a black high school principal was swept into a critical race theory mail storm in a mostly white Texas suburb. That's a picture of the principal, former principal now. At 4.30 a.m., he wrote a letter to the school community declaring that systematic racism is alive and well and that they needed to work together to achieve consolation for our nation. 
Education is the key to stomping out ignorance, hate, and systematic racism. It's a necessary conduit to get liberty and justice for all. Then the feedback to that letter was nothing short of spectacular, Whitfield said. He didn't hear a single negative comment. He felt there was a consensus in the community. But a little over a year later, his words would backfire. At a July 26th Grapevine Colleyville ISD school board meeting, Stetson Clark. Of course, it's a Stetson Clark. A former school board candidate at Grapevine Colleyville ISD would use the letter to accuse Whitfield of teaching and promoting critical race theory. At the podium, Clark named Whitfield four times, even though the board asked him not to criticize particular employees. The first time, someone in the audience yelled out, How about you fire him? Clark continued to name Whitfield, completely ignoring the rules, and called for the board to fire him. He is encouraging the disruption and destruction of our district. To borrow a phrase from someone I affectionately refer to as old pube can, this is a high-tech lynching. Fuck. He's encouraging the disruption and destruction of our district. Nakamura, who referred to Whitfield as a total activist, claimed that teachers like him were taking down schools. Right when you're some morons. I was going to do Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro talking about how there's a crisis of masculinity in this country. But I can't do it. I can't do it tonight. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Maybe tomorrow, Jordy Pete had some weird Jordy Pete fans in the comment section of my video I did mocking Jordy Pete. Had some weird Jordy Pete fans on my Facebook page. Exactly, Ben Shapiro has no right to talk about masculinity. No one at the Daily Wire does. Dozens of loose cows halt traffic for hours on Florida Turnpike south of Orlando. You can you can you can see the the cows over here hanging out. A herd of loose cows shut down a portion of Florida's Turnpike in the central part of the state Monday afternoon, leading to massive traffic delays efforts to corral the roughly 70 cows let loose. During a truck fire, brought all lanes to a standstill for more than three hours near St. Cloud, about 20 miles, uh, 27 miles southeast of Orlando. Florida Highway Patrol troopers reported a fire just south of the Canoe Creek Service Plaza at 11.38 a.m. See the hubbub over here? You can only see a few of the cows. Don't worry. This is not your. This is not your animal story for the night. You still get. You still get an animal story. Hold on. Let me check what it is. Is it something cuddly? Yeah, it's something cuddly. The cab of the tractor trailer driven by a Samson, Alabama man, caught fire. It's always an Alabama man and Florida man, uh, according to a statement from it's all the Florida Georgia line over there. Uh, <laughs> 
pulled the truck off the northbound highway lanes and opened the cattle trailer to save the cows from the smoke and the flames. Fucking cool. Thank you for saving the cows. That's awesome. Lanes remain clear. Like, I'm sure people were cussing. And it like if Sparkles heard this story, she would be like, but we could have had barbecue. But I'm glad, I'm glad the trucker saved the cows. Lanes remain closed as uh, uh, Osceola County law enforcement and state troopers gathered up the remaining cattle until lanes were reopened. According to Florida Department of Transportation, camera footage. Oh, oh, here we go. We have, we have a live stream of the whole ordeal. But I just, I don't think, uh... Oh, there, there you can see several of the cows. I don't think that's all 70 of them. I do believe this would be the flaming truck back here in the off-ramp. Cured by that tree. You guys want to sit here and watch an hour of cows? Snarling traffic, you know, and uh, I forget what fucking outside of Orlando, Florida. No, it is. <laughs> Pepe, it is not tonight's animal video. I got you covered. You've got a, you've got a cuddly animal video for tonight. Live stream the whole thing. Let's jump. Let's jump forward a little bit. How fast? How fast can I run this shit? Two times speed is still, still painfully slow. They ain't moved those fucking cows nowhere for the first seventeen minutes. I guess they they've got them. They've got them corralled over. Oh, they might be searching for them over here and trying to get them. Yes, go, my children. Be free. They might be searching for them, try to get them back together. Yeah, they keep adding to the cows in the pile over here of cows. We went, uh, we went by some cows the other day, and they were just chilling. They were laying down under a tree. Like, I didn't know cows just went and laid down under a tree. A friend was like, it's hot today. What do you want the cows to do? <laughs> like, fair enough. Fair enough. Keep jumping ahead here. They got a tow truck. I don't think you're going to tow the cows. The cows are starting to uh, get a little restless, it looks like. We're now 43 minutes into this incident, or at least when it first started filming. Cows were already on the loose. They'd already rounded up a few of them. Oh, where'd they go to? We've lost cows. 
Okay, they're hurting him to the right here. I, we're not going to be able to see where they're taking the, the, the cows. Well, without the cows, this video is useless. This is just a traffic video. Nobody wants to just sit here and look at traffic for another... 30 minutes, 35 minutes. That's probably the person filming this said that too. Like, well, there ain't no cows. We're going to stop filming this shit. That's probably some kind of traffic camera. About an hour in, they've got the left lane moving. They clickbaited us with cows. I mean, we, we got the cows we were promised. I wonder, I wonder where they, I wonder where they put the cows. I would have liked to have seen what they were loaded into over here. I think I clicked on this to see if there was more. An utter mess! Aren't you punny, Fox 35, Orlando? This is the same video we've already watched. It's just six minutes of it. You're not going to give us a local news hit on it? Same video. I want to know more about the cows. We came for cows. You know, we got leftover roast beef in there. I might go make a roast beef sandwich. Ooh, ooh. Wasn't nice, was it? Here's your actual animal video for the day, as if the cows were an actual animal. But I, I still considered us being part of the news section there. Uh, this video is titled Bed and Breakfast. We got clickbaited, boys. <laughs> I don't think you got clickbaited with the bed and breakfast. That is totally what this is. This is the little kitty. Lays. Lays in a big old bucket of cat food. And eats the cat food as it's laying down. Stretching out his little toe beans. Looking all it's a it's an older it's an older kitty, but it's still a kitty. It's uh maybe six, seven months old. Maybe not even that old, maybe four months old. I fucking love cats too. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to try, I will try not to get emotional to tell you this, but I'm going to go out here and yell for Smokey again. Last night, socks got out when I went out and yelled for Smokey. One of the, like, one of the numerous times throughout the day, I mean, because I've, I've yelled all over for him all day, every day. Go out and yell for Smokey. Hopefully socks doesn't get out, but socks actually knows to come to the door and knock every time socks has gotten out we haven't been able to find him which is wild because he's the laziest fucking cat i've ever had he's really fat I'm sorry like i don't want to body shame him but he's a chunk of a cat it looks so full he can't stand up 
They look happy about it. I mean, they're still eating. They're going to town on it. Fucking love cats, too. I'm like the... If you have ever seen the the lady that had the dating profile where she's just like, I want to hug all the cats and I love them so much. Like, I saw nothing wrong with what she said. Other people mocked her. I totally get where she's coming from. I want to hug all the cats. Every single one of them. Give me all the cats. Let me hug all the cats. All the all the babies should be in my arms. If you are watching on Twitch, I'm going to send you over to Echoplex Media. Is down ballot tonight, but I, I like I don't even know anymore. I don't. I'm, I'm in a different time zone now. But I thought I was, I was thinking right now I was closer to producer Dave, but I'm not closer to producer Dave. I'm further away from producer Dave in the time zone. So you're probably even further from the night twitch than what I thought you would be. But here is uh, uh, Echoplex Media for those of you hanging out on the on the Twitch. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. Thank you guys for being here and being a part of the stream. I'm Justin Freakin. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol live. <laughs>